Ladies and gentlemen, the guy, the guy is here tonight, your old friend Tom, Tom doing it, the way we do it to it, there's only one way to do it, that's best show style, look, I'm going to tell a story, I'm not proud of this. I uh, had a little incident happen to me. Um, first, I should say welcome to the best show, of course. Tonight's topic is going to be, um, we're going to figure out the 2023 Super Bowl halftime show tonight, a couple days after the 2022 show concluded. Let's just book the, let's book the next one. But I had a little incident happen. Um in the spirit of the, the the book I wrote, the national bestseller, It Never Ends, uh, in stores now, um, put up by the fine folks at Abrams uh, Publishing, uh, Abrams Books. In the spirit of of, of, of transparency and, 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 and sharing things from my life that I normally not comfortable sharing, I uh, I feel it's time for me to tell a story. It did not make the book, but is in many ways the most jarring thing that has happened to me. And the phone number, by the way, 201-332-3484. Get in on the action. We'll uh, take some calls shortly. But um, when I was a kid, my uh, grandparents uh, lived not too far away, but, you know, a couple hours away by train train trip. And me and my sister said we wanted to uh, take the train to go visit them. And at that point, my sister was pretty, pretty much set on being a filmmaker. And she always had cameras rolling, camcorders going. Because uh, she was going to make a little documentary about this family trip because... One of the personal details, my mother had a falling out with her parents years ago, and we really didn't have much of a role in their life. That was how that had kind of shook out because of the circumstances involved in how whatever happened with my mom. And what happened was that when my mother was leaving to move away, there's a shoving match. My mother shoved her mother and then my grandfather, her father hit her and it was just a very ugly scene and um, they had not spoken. I found that out after the fact Um, we took the train down at that point. I was pretty much, um, I pretty much fancied myself a hip hop artist and was, doing a fair amount of uh, freestyle rapping and I rapped, uh, did a little rap for the, one of the conductors on the train. We get there, we get picked up by our grandparents. They take us to their farmhouse. Cell phone coverage is weak out there, non-existent. We, um, we just start to realize there's something up. Uh, 
my grandmother is barfing all over the place and at night these things are happening and then my grandfather um it says oh she's got a condition then um my father uh my grandfather uh beats up a guy when we're out for a drive beats up a guy when he's showing us the the old high school beats up a guy he says is is staring at him but he's not i know he's not it gets weirder and weirder in the house we're there for a week i'm i'm 13 at the time i believe um and we're filming everything we're just filming everything we talk to my mother who's on a cruise ship at this point with her uh new boyfriend um and yeah, then then my grandmother is going around the house crawling like a like a spider, chasing us around. But under the guise of playing, then we'd open the door at night and she'd be flipping out. Look, I'm gonna just jump ahead with the story. It turns out that these people weren't my grandparents. They were two, uh, they were patients in a mental hospital and they, they murdered my grandparents and pretended to be them. And my sister found my grandparents' dead bodies down the basement. And then they attacked us when they realized we found out and we escaped. And it was pretty, pretty jarring experience. Pretty jarring experience. Just got to say, it was something else. That visit was something else. Well, I just needed to get that off my chest, that story from my past. A lot of pain attached to that one. Um, Oh, and my sister and I both killed the uh, psychopaths in the course of uh, fighting back against them. I slammed that guy's head into a refrigerator door over and over. And my sister stabbed uh, the woman pretending to be my grandmother um, with a shard of, of glass from a broken mirror. Cause my grandparents volunteered at a, a mental institution. And these people heard them talking all the time about our, vi- our upcoming visit and they wanted that. So then they, broke out and killed my grandparents and pretended to be them so yeah life is pretty tricky folks and if you don't pay attention it might just pass you by so don't let it pass you by huh don't let it pass you by would you would you do that for once in your life don't let it pass you by yeah they actually did take the footage from the stuff because we had all of us on cam camera footage, camcorder stuff, and it got edited together a pretty sweet, uh, pretty sweet documentary, which came out a few years ago. So, without further ado, let's start the best. Why am I talking like? Come back. 
Talk fast. Talk Jersey style. Here we go. Have a fun one. Wow, best show. Oh, me, oh, my, oh, it's time for the best show. And my name's Tom Sharpling. I'm the host of said best show. And uh, welcome, everybody. How you doing tonight here in the middle of February? Coming off of a pretty, pretty sweet middle of the month Valentine's Day. Uh, everybody have a nice time. You, you, you chalk chocolate bars right you got a i got a hershey bar right you get a hershey bar right what else what else did you get you got a snickers or a kit kat why am i talking like Polly shore all of a sudden snickers you got the snickers boy he was taken too soon from us um actually wait no he's still alive yeah he's still around god bless you Hope you live to be 200, Paulie Shore. Hope you hit the bicentennial. 
of your life. You make us all laugh for 200 straight years. God bless you. Who do we just hear from? Oh, we just heard. Yeah. Ty Siegel. I'm going to tell you this. I went to, to see, I went to uh, a rock concert and saw Ty Siegel live on Friday night, rocking out at the Terragram Ballroom. Holy moly, was that a heavy show? Yikes. So good. And when I say yikes in that case, I mean good. There's bad yikes and there's good yikes. That's a yikes meaning like, hold on to your hats, my friends, because this show is a, uh, this is uh, some kind of a mother of a show, to to borrow a phrase from New Jersey uh, indie record releases. Uh, This was a show that not only a mother could love, this is a show anybody could love. And, And yeah, look, I've seen Ty Siegel so many times over the years. And this is Ty Siegel and Freedom Band. They are so heavy now. It is mind-blowing how heavy they are. I was like, oh, well, what's going to happen? Now? Who's going to come out around the corner? Sleep going to walk out around the corner? But the, the sleep wasn't coming through that door. And you know what? We didn't need him. We didn't need sleep that night. Sleep could stay home. Ty Siegel Freedom Band. They crushed it. Wish I could have seen them more. They did three nights. I only got to go to one night. I would have gone to another one of the nights too, but I didn't, I couldn't swing it. Heavy Duty. And that album's called uh, Harmonizer. And the, the song we heard is Whisper, which is so good. Ay, ay, ay. Who else did we hear? We started ourselves off with a little bit of. Hold on, waiting. Anytime, anytime you want to tell me, anytime. Heard a little bit of Jess Cornelius from the album Distance, which came out a couple years ago. Here goes nothing was the name of that song. That's good stuff. I'm just uh, just getting on board. But Jess Cornelius loved it. And our friend Michael Cronin is in the is in the Freedom Band, holding it down on bass. Man, that is a heavy duty band. It run. Uh, Hawkwind walked through the door. I wouldn't want to, that's a battle of the bands. Hawkwind to get a run for their money on that one. Yeah, so that was a good uh, good times. That was a great time. So yeah, so uh, what do we got going? Who's 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 here tonight? We got. Uh, I, I know Jason had to step away for a minute. He's uh, he stepped away for a minute. Do we got uh, Pat? Pat, are you here? Hello. There's Pat. There he is. Old uh, old Pat holding it down. How's it going, Pat? It's good. How was your birthday week? Oh, it was pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, had a birthday party on Saturday, and uh, that was fun. Did some karaoke. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Pat, it was good. 
Pat, it was good. You should have seen me on the mic. You should have seen me. It was just like, it just first time doing karaoke post pandemic. Had that lockdown. We'll give me by two songs in. The kid was back. I now, did, oh, I go did ahead. like a karaoke in, tri- in tribute to you. I don't know. I don't know if you saw it though. Did I? What, what are you? What are you talking about? It was like around the day of, day after your birthday, and and I was I didn't tag you, but it was mm-hmm. posted on my social media. I don't know if you saw it. I don't think I did, Pat. I don't think I did. Okay, well, I'm I'm after the show. I'll text it to you. Well, thank you, Pat. I would. I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss it at all. Why yeah, am I saying I everything twice? Later, I was like, I should have just tagged him. That's okay. But it's your birthday. The... You get overwhelmed by all the tags. You, and the you, texts. You, it's, thank you, Pat. Pat, you get it. You get it. Who else we got? Mike? Is Mike here? Hey, Tom. How's it going? There he is, Mike. Listen, listen to that. Listen to the quality of that sound setup over there. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, so what was your uh, go-to uh, karaoke song? Yeah, I had a couple. Uh, broke out a uh, little bit of uh, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad by Meatloaf. Uh, yeah. Well, sorry. No, Jeez. no, I, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm there. I did Two yeah. Out of Three by Meatloaf. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not a Meatloaf fan. Not a big Meatloaf fan. Well, look, I didn't know who this guy was a musician. I just uh-huh. liked his... <laughs> I just liked his stand on, on issues. Okay. And then I was like, wait, this guy made records also. Uh-huh. Yeah. I started checking him. I was like, well, uh-huh. these records stink, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, I did that. I did, uh, I did a uh, Rosalita, which was fun. Nice. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it was a good time. Good time. Uh-huh. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Pat. Yes. We got any calls? Because we got a good topic tonight. I feel like this is one. Is this is a fun one? What every once in a while I like to do a fun one. And you know what I say to myself when I put a fun one up on the table, a fun topic. I say, why am I not doing a fun one every week? What what am I doing? Meet the press here? Can't do fun topics every week. But there's an actual fun one. Did you watch the who saw, who saw the Super Bowl halftime show? I'm, I'm sure, uh, I, I, Mike. I'm, you watched the game, right? Yeah, I did. You watched it. You saw the Super Bowl halftime show. I did. And what would you rank it on the? Is it, if you were to give it a, 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 a scale of one to ten, what would you give that? I enjoyed it. Uh, I still have some questions about the uh, setup, the stage set. It was confusing uh-huh. to me. I have no idea what could have been confusing about <laughs> a series of houses all interconnected <laughs> on a football field <laughs> that you can barely see inside of, uh-huh. and you're not sure where any of the performers are at most most of the time. <laughs> you're not sure where to look. Um, and half the um, stadium couldn't see from the other side. Yeah, but I can't worry about these these rich. <laughs> I can't worry that Ellen DeGeneres can't see if they sent <laughs> yes. upside no, I, down. I, I understand they have that. a very large screen, so uh, I'm sure everybody was watching that. I'm sure they probably have a pretty good screen <laughs> at that stadium. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, state of the art even. I would say it might even be yeah. They probably stopped at Best Buy and just said, "What's your biggest <laughs> screen?" And uh-huh. then they're just like, "This is the biggest one." They're like, "Yeah, we'll take two of them." Uh-huh. So now I. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a, a pretty good. Uh, let me find a list of all the halftime 
I just want to see a list. We'll go through this through the show. List of Super Bowl halftime shows. I thought, look, I thought it was a good one. Um, I think Prince is still the gold standard for me. Yeah, I would say I would say Prince probably takes the cake. Um, Lady Gaga, gonna, quite, yeah. that's up there. Mike, you're jumping the line here. I'm going <laughs> to go sorry. year by year. <laughs> okay. Sit back. You take a seat. Throwing it out there. Take a seat. We're going to go. Okay, here we go. 1967. Super Bowl one. Boy, this was a this was a star-studded affair. The University of Arizona Symphonic Marching Band. Al Hurt, the the uh, trumpet player, was there. We got Al Hurt. You think we could get Al Hurt to do it? I don't know. We'll give him some. Uh, we'll give him some some McDonald's gift card. A goof. Get those little ten fifty cent gift coupons. Um. So then, at sixty eight, the Grambling State University marching band. So yeah, so it's marching bands. Nineteen seventy Super Bowl four. At least you got uh, Al Hurt is back again. The first two timer, <laughs> Al Hurt. They brought him back again with Doc uh-huh. Severinsen and Lionel Hampton, which is a big name. Was it even Carol, televised back then? <laughs> I have no idea if those things were on TV. Carol Channing was on. Let's Carol see. Chan. Super Bowl five just had the Southeast Missouri State Marching Band. That's the snooze. Super Bowl six in 1972. Ella Fitzgerald, Carol Channing, Al Hurt again. Al Hurt. <laughs> Three timer for this. And then the U.S. Marine Drill uh, Corps Drill Team. But they really were playing to the kids in in 1973 Super Bowl seven. They finally decided they had to tap into the youth market with Woody Herman and Andy Williams. <laughs> were locked it down. Super Bowl seven, University of Texas Longhorn Band, and along with Miss Texas 1973 on fiddle. <laughs> Great to see Texas uh, really bucking the uh, the uh, the the stereotypes there. With the Miss Texas on fiddle, whatever. University of uh, Grambling State University in 1975, Super Bowl nine did a tribute to Duke Ellington. That's nice. Super Bowl ten for the bicentennial. Up with people. Uh, let's see. Then Super Bowl eleven. In Pasadena, in 1977, had the uni- the Los Angeles Unified All City Band with the New Mouseketeers. <laughs> well, that's exciting, and uh-huh. what a coincidence that, that 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 installment was produced by the Walt Disney Company. What a fun what a fun coincidence that was that that uh-huh. now we have Super Bowl twelve, 1978, the Apache Band. Pete found Al Hurt again. Is that the fifth Al Hurt appearance? <laughs> Back by popular fourth. demand. Yeah, this guy's the king of the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> Let's see. Jump forward. Super Bowl thirteen had some uh, Caribbean bands. Ken Hamilton. Super Bowl fourteen, Up With People, Back Again. Super Bowl fifteen, Helen O'Connell and the Southern University Marching Band. Super Bowl sixteen. Up with people again. So Al Hurt and Up with People are the <laughs> Titans of the Super Bowl. They probably Super- had the same agent. 
Yeah, or the fact that the thing's being booked by eighty-year-olds. I would say it's. I would say it's probably uh-huh. just some some old timer. Just ah, they like up with people. Super Bowl seventeen, Los Angeles Super Drill Team. Yikes! When does it get up with people? Back in nineteen eighty-six. Oh my goodness! Well, look at this lineup here. Super Bowl twenty-one, that the Rose Bowl. George Burns, Mickey Rooney. Disney characters, and then the Grambling State University and USC marching bands, again, produced by the Walt Disney Company. Super Bowl, oh, my God. Here we go. Super Bowl 22. This one will get uh, Vic Berger's uh, fedora is going to spin around on this one. Uh, Chubby Checker was there. The Rockettes, 88 grand pianos. Uh-huh. And the combined San Diego State University Marching Aztecs, California State University Northridge Marching Band, and USC Mar- so th- USC Marching Band, so three marching bands. Let's see. Then you get to Super Bowl twenty three. Still, like no nothing appealing to youth yet. We're twenty three. Super. We're halfway through all the Super Bowls right now. Super Bowl twenty three. Elvis Presto, an Elvis impersonator, an Elvis impersonator <laughs> was doing the halftime uh-huh. show. Yeah, wow. An Elvis impersonator. See, I don't even think th- these were televised. I think, yeah, you know, probably this, not. This is just. Well, uh, no, but they want well, Mike. And Pat, where are you on the Super Bowl biz? Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. You don't care. You don't like sports. <laughs> I tuned in just in time for the halftime. Look at this line. Look, they, this was definitely on TV. Introduction by Bob Costas and a 3D commercial for Diet Coke. Okay. And then they yeah. did all rock. Right, right. Then they do rock this town. An audience participation card trick. This is, I'm not joking. An audience participation card <laughs> trick. Tutti Fruity, Do You Love Me, Devil with the Blue Dress, Great Balls of Fire, Grease Lightning. So when did, they, when did the young What was that year again? 1989. That was 89? Holy cow. MTV's been around for almost wow. 10 years yeah, at this yeah. point. That's crazy. That, that does reek of MTV involvement. What does that whole orchestration? It seems like chaotic, almost like a VMA show or something. But the, but that's garbage, though. It's a it's. Here's the first one that kids would relate to. Super Bowl twenty five. New kids on the block performed. That's the first. It's the first nod toward any young people. Super Bowl 26, Gloria Estefan. Okay, okay now so, we're getting. But this yeah, is so the new kids on the block was the, the first the one, 25 years in. That was but the this, breakthrough. And then, but here's, the, here's where it truly catches fire. 
Super Bowl 27, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, then you have Super Bowl 28 as a country bill, Clint Black, Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt, and the Judds. Super Bowl 29, Patty LaBelle. Listen to this lineup. Tell me which one stands out as as which which of these does not belong. Patty LaBelle, Teddy Pendergrass, Tony Bennett, Indiana Jones and Marion Ravenwood, and Maya or Arturo Sandoval and Miami Sound Machine. I'm gonna say that the fictional characters don't fit. That what on earth did they do? What did Harrison Ford come out with a whip? I think I'm still thinking about that 89 show. That that show must have been they must have gotten so much flack. It must have been so terrible. I'm going to actually going to try and find that show. I want footage. I want because, footage. Because yeah, then then somebody said, "We've got to shake this thing up." Yeah. You yeah. know, and then they got the yeah. new kids on the block and that was yeah. they were off to the races. So then that got, that last show must be really the pits. Yeah. yeah, that they yeah, that they realized something has to change. Super Bowl 30, Diana Ross. It's a big deal. Super Bowl 31, 1997. The Blues Brothers Bash, including Dan Aykroyd, John Goodman, and Jim Belushi, ZZ Top, and James Brown. <laughs> and then we have Super Bowl 32. Oh, this is a good bill. Boys to Men, Smokey Robinson, Martha Reeves, The Temptations, Queen Latifah, and the Grambling State University Marching Band. That's fun. Then we go to Super Bowl 33 in 1999. Gloria Estefan's back, Stevie Wonder, Savion Glover, and Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Finally, they made a nod as they tried to get the Swingers swingers fans on board with the Super Bowl. Uh Then we go to Super Bowl 34 in 2000. Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, Tony Braxton, the 80-person choir from the Georgia State University, and Edward James almost narrating. Okay. (laughs) Then they try to bounce back. The next year, they bounce back with the biggie. Super Bowl 35. Aerosmith in sync. Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly. Yeah, I remember that one. Then Super Bowl 36. This was a sad one. That was when U2 did it. And then they scrolled all the names of I think, or something like that. Then they did a tribute to people who died in 9-11. That was uh, Super Bowl 37. We had Shania Twain and No Doubt with special guest Sting. Um, Super Bowl what is the Super Bowl 38? Then we get to Jessica Simpson, Janet Jackson, P. Diddy, uh, Nelly, Kid Rock, Justin Timberlake, Super Bowl 39, Paul McCartney, Super Bowl 40, Rolling Stones, Super Bowl 41, then you got Prince. That's one of the big ones. 42 in 2008, you got Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. 43, Bruce Springsteen. Um, Super Bowl 30. No, uh, what are we talking about? Are we 34, 44? Where did I go? 44. 
We got uh, The Who, then 45 in 2011, Black Eyed Peas with Usher slash. Then Madonna in 46, LMFAO was her guest. Her guests were LMFAO, Cirque du Soleil, Nicki Minaj, MIA, CeeLo Green, Andy Lewis, and then a bunch of uh, drumline uh, teams. 47 in 2013, Beyonce with Destiny's Child. This was my favorite. Uh, Took place in New Jersey. And what could be more New Jersey than for Bruno Mars and the Red Hot Chili Peppers to team up (laughs) for that halftime show? That was actually one of my favorite ones. Was it? Well, good. They did get away. The Red Hot Chili Peppers did give it away with Bruno Mars. Um, Super Bowl 49. Katy Perry with Lenny Kravitz, Missy Elliott. That's a fun one. Um, Super Bowl 50. 50 years of football. Let's ring it in with Coldplay with Beyonce, Bruno Mars, Mark Ronson, uh, Gustavo Dudamel. And uh, then Super Bowl 51 is Lady Gaga. 52 is Justin Timberlake. 53 is Maroon 5 with Travis Scott, Big Boy, and the University, Georgia State University Marching Band. 54 is Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. That's a good one. I enjoyed that one. Then last year was The weekend. No special guests. It was kind of uh, impressive. He had no special guests. And then this year, we had Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige back again, Kendrick Lamar. Special guests, 50 Cent and Anderson Pack. Right? So there we go. But now we're caught up. What's the next Super Bowl going to be? What should be the next? What should be the next lineup for the next Super Bowl? And look, I'm sorry if people thought it was boring for me to read all the Super Bowl things. (laughs) That was interesting. I don't (laughs) care. No, that was interesting. The thing is, with, with, with that halftime show, you have to remember it's 13 minutes long. So, I mean, when they stack it, it's almost kind of insulting, I think, when they've got five artists to fill 13 minutes. I mean, but, but the thing is, like you, you got like two minutes. But nobody's thing is going to be anybody's actual best foot forward. It's just it's a, it's like it's very it's representative of just like the Super Bowl itself is representative of the football season and is not actually maybe the best version of football which it often isn't. Um, was the, it a good, good game this year? Yeah, it was fine. I thought it was fine, but it was not. It was not. I didn't think it was a particularly great game, but it just seemed at least it was competitive. Yeah, that's more than more than you can ask for some years. Um, but yeah, so it just it almost they come out and you score for a couple of minutes. That's why I do like the ones when some like the weekend. Like I'm not a huge fan of the weekend, but I, I like songs by the weekend. But it just I'm not like not going out of my way to listen to the weekend. The music of the weekend finds you is how it seems to work in life. Don't go look for it. It will, it will come knocking on your door. You'll have, uh, you, you, I can't feel my face. will be knocking on your door before you know it. Um, but yeah, the weekend held that thing down as a solo performance. I thought that was cool. So did like lady Gaga did the same thing, just owning the moment, filling it up. Not, not the, 
I get the appeal of the the star studded thing that we just saw. I thought it was fun to see all those those artists together and to have an all an all hip hop bill was was fun and um yeah, that was fun. But um did, did you get to see much of the uh pregame marathon? No. No. The saddest thing and it kept popping up. I know he's a buddy of yours. But they seem to be using you got to the, Sal Volcano. You go to Sal Volcano from. <laughs> no, I didn't see him. He was there. No, I didn't. I don't. Oh, know. no, I, I, I'm talking about your buddy, The Rock. They they kept getting in the plugs for get this this new show that's coming out. Young The Rock. Or oh, yeah, it's it been just, out. Young been Rock. Out. Young, young rock. rock. The young. Yeah, that's been out for yeah. a while. Oh, it's it's already playing. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, it's already. Congratulations on. for me to me yeah. for not even knowing. Oh well, well, you got something. <laughs> oh, you didn't get to see it yet. Oh my goodness, I'm so envious. You're gonna get to watch Young Rock for the first time. Oh, I wish I was you. you can see it. I remember the first time I thought I was so thrilled. You're gonna get to experience it. I'm so envious. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, Is it Young the Rock or or just I, I Young Rock? No, I don't know. It's called. It's. It's called. I. It's called. There's a reason why I don't watch television <laughs> anymore, and it's because of shows like that. Uh-huh. And look, I'm going to talk more about that. Let's, step, Pat. Do we have any calls? We got four of them. Four. Yep. Lines one through four. Yes. Give me one, please. Hello. Hi. Best show. Hey, how you doing here, Rat Bastard? I'm good, I'm good. Who am I speaking to? To whom am I speaking? This is Kyle in Manhattan. Kyle in Manhattan, what's up? I got one for the topic. It's a bit of a pivot away from music as the star of the show, but I think we go with America's Greatest Entertainers, the Jackass crew running the Super Bowl halftime show. But well, look. Of course, you want to put the jackass crew up there as, as the look. But let's. We can't just say that. We have to go through it now. So I was thinking that you could maybe do a little bit of a fake out, like have one, like Tyler the Creator, or one of the people they've worked with, come out, and then you have the jackass crew like in a marching band uniform which they've worn before and we've seen the marching band at the Super Bowl halftime stuff shows, you know, repeatedly in the past. So what you're saying is a marching band, they, they don't even let you know it's the jackass crew doing it. You want the whole thing to be a, a fake out. I think that's one option. I mean, I think just having the jackass crew headline it themselves, that would be my, Ideal situation. But what if they did it like this? What if the marching band came out? Bum, 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 and everybody's like boring, right? And then suddenly we realize that there's like a treadmill going really fast. And you see like the, 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 the jack, uh, like the, the final like eight people in this marching band have broken off from the rest of the marching band, which are walking over the field. They're going toward that treadmill. Look out. They go on it. Then you cut to the stage. And look, I'm, am I fixing your thing? Yeah, I am. You cut to the stage. Mike Watt is up there. George yeah. Hurley's up there. And I get a D Boone hologram up there. 
Bow now 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 right. Bow now now now. D the D Boone hologram. You kidding me? And suddenly, hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to the Super Bowl halftime show, right? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, suddenly, like Steve O starts doing a little dance, but he, you really, he's like, and this is, this is, the law. This is the, the uh, this is like the springboard fifty yard line, and they're all on the field. And there's like traps underneath it, like launch them up in the air. Like, and it's uh, Steve O's like, ah, and he gets starts, he gets sent flying. And then while you're all watching Steve O, Johnny Knoxville changes into his old man costume, right? His Irving, uh, Bisman outfit. And he's suddenly like, I don't like the Super Bowl. I'm having a hard, and he goes and he sits in a, he's in a booth and then he goes and he falls all the way out of the booth into the seat. Well, that would maybe not be a safe. I don't know how he could do that and survive. He's in the thing. And he's like, I'm Marvin Zisman and I'm in the booth and I'm here. And then we got some, all the food up here and they cut to the food thing. And you realize there's all this great food on the table. Like it's nice spread. Then you realize there's a bowl full of scorpions. Right. And then you got Chris Pontius who's like, he's like, He's there, and then they stick a scorpion on his uh, on his uh, a bathing suit area, and it chomps down. And when you're watching that, then you cut down to the field, and Poopies is down on the field, right? Mm-hmm. Poopies is on the field, and it's Poopies and that new guy Zach, and then Rachel Wolf Wolfman is that her? Is that her name? Wolfson. Wolfson. What? Rachel Wolfson. Yes, and uh, they're on the field. And Sarah Squirm is on the field, and Eric Andre, all the new crew, right? You get the new crew, and then it, then you hear like Miley Cyrus is like, "I came in like a wrecking ball," and then she's on a wrecking ball that's hitting all of them. Right there, running from the wrecking ball as it swings around and hits all of them, but Miley Cyrus is on it singing. Thoughts? What do you think? I, I think. It- I think you fixed it. I think that's incredible. I mean, right. we've seen those elaborate set pieces they do in the intros and the finales. So we know they can handle it. Yeah. And then we cut to a giant, and then we cut to Lance Banks throwing up, right? On the yeah, Jumbotron. We cut to him throwing up on the Jumbotron. <laughs> and then you end with a big Johnny Knoxville stunt, like the, like when he would do like a, get launched from a cannon right and it's just what it is john knoxville's like i'm johnny knoxville and i'm this is the extra point and he's dressed in as a football right and then he's dressed as a football and there's like a giant robotic leg that comes and kicks him literally up and over the goalpost, and he crashes in a thing and then confetti falls over the whole audience and that's the end of the halftime show. I don't know. You even like go back and play after that. I think you just end it there. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, that's what we do here, my friend. That's why. And let me just ask, what's your name again? Kyle. Yep. Kyle, you ask yourself this. You hear other podcasts, right? 
and I don't want you to name names. You have to name names. Name name two names. What are podcasts you like? Other podcasts you like? Uh, I listen to uh, Hollywood Handbook. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't do what I just did. a show. They still they just did. They can't do what I just did. I took it and ran with it. Look, I'm here. I'm here out on a. Uh, uh, I'm here out on a wire. I'm here out on a wire building this thing. You saw what I just built. You came in here. You came in here. You just, you said, look at jackass. That's all you said. Look at jackass. Oh, so the, the number one movie. Where, where on earth could you come up with that idea to get the jackass crew as the Super Bowl halftime thing? That's the number one movie in America right now. And you're like, let them do it. Like if I would have asked you in a different week, you would have said, "Let's get Spider Man." <laughs> you would have, you would have said, "Let's have Spider Man." Figured there's no way home. Get you two in there doing the score. <laughs> like if I would have asked you in a couple weeks, you you probably would have been like, like, oh uh, yeah, let's get a uh, Gal Gadot and the Rock in there. Like figuring, I figured they must have some piece of garbage movie coming out. Uh, Death on the Nile Super Bowl halftime. Yeah, show. You you would have said Death on the Nile as a, yeah, let's get a Death on the Nile. Like a month and a half ago, you would have said let's do Matrix Four. And look, Kyle, this is not how you sound. You don't sound. Anytime somebody's like, oh yeah, and then uh, I was talking to my my brother, and then my brother was like, what do I do? Like it's always like they do the most insulting impression of somebody. It's like, boy, this is a this is a a, a balanced re- recount I'm getting here of whatever story you're telling. Do you ever do that, Kyle? When you're uh, like, yeah. And then I go and I talk to the guy. The guy at this, I'm trying to trying to talk to the guy at the store, saying like. No, I ordered the food an hour ago. And he's like, well, I don't know what kind of you order the food. What time did you order it? Like any time you do that voice, it's pretty clear you're the hero of this story. And you're now bringing the villain to life. It's never like, and then my car wouldn't, my, then I got the flat and I couldn't get the jack to work because jack was broken. And then. A car pulled over, and then someone came out, and they're like, well, do you need help putting your tire on? Help you do it. I can help you change the tire. I got a, I got a new jack in my car. No, never that. All right, my friend. Okay, you have you a great a smarter voice. Get off my phone. We're done with you. All right. We're done with you. Have a good birthday. Thank you, my friend. Um, line five, please. Hello, best show. Hey, Tom, long-time listener, first-time caller, Mike, here in Baybridge. Okay. How you doing? Good, good, I'm good. Doing good, Mike. Good. Hey, um, I know it's the topic tonight, but I just want to say that, uh, you know, seeing those gridiron wizards go head-to-head on Sunday during such an intense period in our nation's history was 
truly empowering. And I, I know a lot of people put it down, but the Super Bowl is one of the few events where we can unite as a people and find that, that connection to one another, but also find the essence of what it means to not only be an American, but to be a human and find that sense of place. That okay, now I go, this is, hey, um, Mike, this is not Mike from Babridge, this is Bruce Springsteen again. How are you, Bruce? I'll tell you, man, when you remember who I am, mm -hmm. it, it's an even better feeling than hearing my name called on Grammy night. Sure, sure. No, I get, I get it. Look, it's a you call. I like, I like that you call. I think it's fun. Well, thank you. And, you know, I want to explain that Grammy night is when I have several of the local widows over for coffee, cookies, and Gene Hackman films. And uh, last Grammy night, we watched the uh, the courtroom drama Class Action. Have you seen that? Class Action? Yes. No, I don't think I've seen Class Action, Bruce. Oh, it's a great court courtroom thriller. Uh but I, I, it's funny, the, the Grammys got mad at me for rewinding over and over again because I thought I could see um, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio's nipple in one scene. Yeah, they got mad at you for oh. rewinding over and over. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame them. It was like six times. You kept rewinding? I did, yeah, and the 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 Grammys were all up in arms, and I'm all like, "Am I not flesh and blood?" Mm hmm. And what did they say to that? What do elderly women do to someone that they're mad at uh, on television? Like, like that you've never seen in real life? Yes. You probably get hit with some sort of umbrella or something. Close uh, purses. Purses. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Which I've never seen once in the in life, and it seems like it's just some bizarre trope from movies that doesn't even exist. But you're saying it happened to you. It, it did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ground Zero is probably. Uh, God, what was her name? Um, who played Who played Granny on Beverly uh, Hillbillies? Helen Hayes, that's not her, is it? No, it was not. First Lady of the Theater, Helen Hayes, was not. It was her. She did play Granny. I know she did. Hold on. Now, now, Bruce, you're making me. Let's Google this. Mm -hmm. Irene Ryan. Yes, Helen Hayes. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, you're right. I was trying to trick you. Like, maybe you thought you did say Helen Hayes? Mm hmm Yeah. That work. Mm hmm um, So, I'm disqualifying myself from tonight's topic for, for obvious reasons. But um, Yeah, uh, I, can, I can think of one <laughs> core reason why you would remove yourself from, from having an opinion on this. Yeah, it's like we don't judge... Uh, you know, people who climb Mount Everest in our wake, do we? Not if you're a previous scaler of Mount Everest. That's right, yes. Well, you you did a halftime show. I did, yes. Um, and 
I do want to say that the halftime show last Sunday was one for the ages, and I I love performing in this one almost as much as as the one I did in '09. You say that again, Bruce. I said I love performing in this one almost as much as when I uh, I played it in '09 with the uh, the East Street Band. Yeah. I, I, I gotta say, it was a good one. Thanks. Yeah, you know, most people couldn't see me because I was just back there, you know, doing hype work. Mm hmm. Hype work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just kind of bopping, you know, and, uh, and then I was in the car for a little bit. Wait, I'm confused. Wait, Bruce. Back up here. I might have misunderstood what you said. Mm. You said you were doing the Super Bowl show. Yeah. And you did what year? Oh, oh nine. And, oh, nine. and this past Sunday. And this past Sunday. Oh, so you, that's what that's what I'm. It's so inconceivable that what you're saying, I literally can't follow you with it. You were in the Super Bowl two days ago. In a car, yeah, bopping around the football field, yeah. Bruce, I you that for for fun back in the day. I would do that with, with like Bone Thugs and uh, Tribe, Dela, you know. And every now and then, I'll I'll send hip hop hip hop artists some lyrics, you know, hoping they'll use them, but they never do. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people. Not a lot of hip hop artists wanting to rap about county lines and. Oh, no, come on. No, no, it's not. I get a little dirtier than that. Like, uh, girl, you rocked my world last night, but when you didn't return my calls, I decided to rock your windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's so uh, funny. Murder was the case that they gave me, even though I asked for a different case. <laughs> so these are your hip-hop lyrics. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was almost in the Beastie Boys. You were? I was, yeah. I, I loved where um, where Dee Dee Ramone was going with that funky guy record back in the 80s, and I, I wanted to pursue that kind of music as well. So when you were at the point when around that you were kind of like post-born in the USA and you're looking for a new, yeah. you're looking for a new, a new road to go down, that yeah. road could have been you doing hip-hop. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I jammed with the beasties a, a few times while they were starting to work on Paul's boutique. Mm-hmm. You were, when you say jammed, what does that mean? Well, you know, kind of, you know, giving them, giving them ideas, lyrical stuff, little riffs and stuff to sample. But I wanted to, I wanted to be the fourth too, because, you know, uh, but Rick Rubin said that my voice was too similar to Yalk's. Or they would have let you in the group. Absolutely, yeah. They did use one of my lyrics on that album, though. Which one? I got a peg leg at the end of my stumpa. Why? That's you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, look. Hey, um, I'm sorry, what? No, I was, just, I was just admiring that that was one of your lyrics. It's nice to be admired, thanks. 
You're welcome. Hey, um, I know you don't really watch Billions, but you didn't see the last episode, did you, just the other night? No, I didn't. Well, I'll just say this. Koppelman is definitely a best show listener because I got a bunch of name checks and six song titles. You, they, they name checked you? Yes. At least six times and six different song titles. Oh, that's, that's crazy. It was wild. Yeah. And I, I was hoping they were going to use one of my lyrics in a fight scene, like maybe Chuck and, uh, and Prince square off. And Chuck says, I got a knife, baby, edgy and dull. And then Prince says, uh, oh, oh yeah, strap your hands across my engines. But, you know, on, on second thought that, that maybe takes it in a different direction. I would think that would be pretty, it would run counter to what a fight scene would, would kind of um, demand. Yeah, because in the song, I don't know if people know, but when strap your hands across my engines, you know, it's when like a, a lady or a passenger is on, on the back of the bike. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I always thought my engines were, you know, were like my, my chest area, my lungs and stuff. I don't know where, where I got that, but, you know, that's a little tidbit. But you kind of you kind of saw that that's in your mind that's what you envisioned that to be. Yeah. Well, that's um. We we all interpret those things differently when you hear them. They <laughs> they they have their own meaning to all of us. But you wrote that. I did. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Hey, you know, speaking of that song, I'm on fire. Yeah. I have to share publishing on that song with Midas Mufflers. The song I'm on fire, the hit song. Yes. Yes. You share, you share publishing with the business Midas Mufflers. Yes. Yes. And why is that? I guess they bought the publishing for, for the song, you know, the song Froggy went a court and yeah, they used it in some commercial they took me to court because they thought that the melodies for I'm on fire and froggy went to court and were similar and a judge ruled against me on it. But how do they, how do they own froggy went to court? I don't know. I guess they bought it somehow when it was, you know, the stock was low on it and they put it in a, in a spot and they just kept renewing it. I guess I don't know how it works. <laughs> Ask Michael Hell, I guess. Who knew, yeah, your former manager, who knew that might that Midas Mufflers owns Froggy Wena Corton and then are very litigious with it? They are. It's like those two ladies that, that own uh, Happy Birthday. Yeah, the Hill Sisters. Very litigious. Yeah, but they, they I think they, I don't think they have a claim on it anymore. I think you're right. I think you're right. Maybe that's a, what would you think about uh, covering happy birthday then on, a, on an upcoming record? Well, according to you, I guess it would be uh happy birthday to County Limes or something. Well, I'm just teasing you a little bit, Bruce. All right. Happy birthday down on the Waynesboro County line. Yeah, very funny. You know, it's weird. Like, it's not funny. I would laugh at that if you were doing that to Mellencamp, 
But when it's uh-huh. directed at me, then yeah, yeah. It's weird. that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get over that, right? That's well. That's something you got to be able to laugh at yourself a little bit, Bruce. And I always thought you had a pretty good sense of humor about stuff. I do. I guess it's when people imitate my voice. <laughs> you, do, yeah. I can picture how that would drive you nuts, Bruce. Just hear, hearing yeah. someone do an impression of you would oh, drive me never, would drive me up the wall. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> hey. But um, getting back to Billions, I swear, before Billions is over, they will have referenced in casual conversation every band that's ever existed, including Peter and the Test Tube Babies, Psychotic Norman, and the band Seth Putnam sang for. And when they make these references, they're dropping lyrics where somebody will be like, like somebody would do a thing they'd say, say, uh, Hey, it's like that band King said in the early 80s, love and pride. Absolutely, yes. There, there, was, a di- there was some dialogue between two, let's say, 30-something uh, lawyers. Uh-huh. And in the middle of the conversation, one of them references not only Wilco, but Jay Bennett. Sure, no, well, it makes sense that... that um. Yeah, everybody. Everybody is obsessed with all of the, all of the, the the the, the deceased members of 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 former alt country bands when they're from the, in the legal community. Yeah, and there's one scene. There's one scene where uh, where um, you know Chuck um, he he's, he's tapping uh, on his desk with some pencils, and, and he goes he goes. I'm rocking it like Kochi, Glenn Kochi, who's the drummer for, uh, for Wilco, who um, you probably only know from the, that commercial. From the one where he banged on some faucets. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he really said, I'm rocking it like Kochi. No, um, did they get any Nels Klein references in, in any of these episodes? Oh, yeah, he pulled out a drill next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, question for you. Yeah, Bruce. Um, how was your Valentine's Day? It was nice. It was pretty low key. It was nice. Yeah, yeah, same. It's always rough for me because I love Patty, right? But but I can tell she gets her fill of me after a while. Okay, like what what do you do on Valentine's Day then? Well, you know. This year, here was my gift to her. This year, you know, we're soulmates, but you know, I of course. I feel that I feel that she needs a reprieve from me, kind of often. So, you know, that's why you know I, I would sleep sometimes in the small house that we've got out back. That was kind of a studio for a while, but you know, since I've been collecting these Dairy Queen baseball helmets, you know, that they used to make Sundays in, and also wacky packages, mm-hmm. I've got no more room back there. So you have no more room. So you go hang out back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But thankfully, Bryce came into my life. Who is Bryce? Well, his name is Bryce Prefontaine. Oh, no. You know Bryce Prefontaine? Oh, yeah, I definitely know him. You know him? Yeah, I I do, yes. Pretty interesting cat, right? He's he's a a a lot of chapters in that book. Yes, 
I'll tell you, I've never seen anyone besides Bowie float when they walk. But he, you feel that Bryce Prefontaine floats when he walks. Oh, yeah. You know, Bowie did a couple of my songs. He did uh, uh, Growing Up and Saint in the City. Yeah. Uh, he was an early, early champion of, of yours back Back when you were still trying to make it as an as a uh, as a performer, he was celebrating your you as a songwriter. That's right. And I went down to Sigma in Philly when he was working on that stuff. And man, he was he was something else. It was it was an interesting period for him. There's actually a photo of of us that night, mm-hmm. and. I look like a Drexel grad student dropping off a pizza, and he looks like he, he's been kicked out of Jupiter for being too weird. <laughs> the planet Jupiter. Yes, yes. So he was, he was literally on a different planet, and they were like, this doesn't fit how we like to do things here. Yes. You know that movie, The Man who fell, who fell to Earth? There's that scene where he, he and his family land on Earth. Uh-huh. That's actual footage. That's not actual it's a footage. Document, the first part's a documentary, just like The Wizard of Oz. The first part of, okay. Well, <laughs> I guess, when you say, I guess, Bruce, in a way, you are right by saying, it is a documentary the same way the Wizard of Oz is a documentary. Yeah, I guess guess I can't argue with that. Right, yes, yeah. So so that night Bowie starts asking me all these questions about hockey. Okay. Like wh- like what? Well, he he you know, Flyers. He loved the Flyers and that was like crucial Flyers era, you know. Yeah, like that's the, the Broad Street Bullies, right? Yeah, so, so he would go to bars with Dave Schultz and Bill Barber and those guys, and they'd let him skate and take flap shots during the weekday afternoons at the Spectrum. So, so Bowie would get out on the ice and 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 play some hockey. Yeah, yeah, and he was almost called up one night to play against the Flames because most of the Flyers got hoagie poisoning. They almost. They almost, well, that would have been, that would have been something else. I know. Yeah. But um, getting back to Bryce, uh, I met him outside the CD submarine in Newbridge a, a few weeks ago. Okay. What, how did that go? He, he wanted me to sign a Mickey Hart CD for him. And I couldn't tell if it was because, that was the only thing he had on him to sign, or if he thought I was Mickey Hart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would think, how would I, I can't believe he would think you were Mickey Hart. I don't know. Anyway, Bryce was telling me all about the lean to that he, he lives in, or mm-hmm. wait, you live in or, or against the lean to? I, I think in still, still covers okay. it. Well, anyway, for Valentine's Day, I, I asked him if he'd help me build one in my backyard, and he said he'd do it for free if I let him use a patch uh, of this very wooded, secluded part of the grounds uh, for a garden. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, so he's been doing great with that, and he also turned me on to the Grateful Dead. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, because, you know, I never listen to the dead because I like good music. But, man, when I listen to them in conjunction with these, uh, these cool gummies, cookies, and brownies Bryce makes from the plants in his garden, oh, my God, the dead sound amazing. Yeah, suddenly something changes. I'm not. I'm not sure what that could possibly be. I don't know. It's it's like it, it's it almost like the plants or what's in those plants makes it just kind of. It has like a cool. I uh, it changes the EQ or something. It's very interesting stuff. I I guess it must be some kind of some kind of yeah where where that's what makes the music sound better. Yeah, we're actually eating gummies and listening to the dead right now in the lean-to that Bryce built me. We're having these dump cakes uh, that he made with uh, plants from the garden. So you're having plant-based dump cakes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Bryce, do you want to talk to Tom? He's, um, he's really shy tonight. He's shy. Yeah, sometimes the treats he bakes make him, I, I, I guess the ter- correct term is paranoid. I, I, I don't even know why. I, I don't know. It's probably just a, just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's probably just a coincidence. I think, oh, no. What? What's going on? Oh, no. Well... I guess what they say about the best show being the preferred podcast of America's DEA agents is true. Why, why is that, Bruce? There's a whole gaggle of them that just quietly pulled up to the lean-to. Oh, man, I wonder what they want, because it's like, I'm a, I'm a straight arrow. Hey, what's that? What's that? Marijuana. It's... It's illegal to grow marijuana in, in this state. Oh, no. What? Oh, no. T- Tom, I need you to get a hold of John Landau and tell him that I've entered the underground escape tunnel and will have Hans copter me to the island. Okay? Okay. I guess I'll try to get that message. Thank you. I got to roll. Bryce, the boss is extremely disappointed in you. You're going to have to explain all of this to Patty and text me the moment you realize she's not finally considering killing me. Okay. All right. I got to go, Tom. Maybe I'll talk to you someday. Maybe not. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, Bruce. Okay. Oh, that's exciting. Well, check in from, from the boss, huh? That's exciting. You know what I'm going to do right now? Right now. Right now. Right now. I'm going to play something music-wise from a friend of the best show who I mentioned once already tonight that uh, I saw this fine young gentleman play bass for the Ty Siegel Freedom Band. But here's something from his amazing solo album. Which one do which one? I love all the solo albums. I'm gonna play something from uh from three though. From from Michael Cronin three. 
is Michael Cronin came out in was this 2015. How time flies. Michael Cronin on the best show. Michael Cronin from MC3, his album from 2015 on Merge. Can't go wrong with any of the Michael Cronin stuff. Check it out. That's what I says. Pat, how we doing on the phones tonight? How we doing? We got calls. Anybody calling? Anybody? Sure do. We got all of them. All right. All right. Um, yeah, give me, give me, uh, who's been on longest line four. line four. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the best show. You're rat bastard. Thank you. You're rat bastard. All right. Well, you don't have to have such an edge to it. Sounds like oh. you're coming after me. I was trying to defer. Oh no, no, I get, I get it, but just, uh, just, uh, just go a little. It could be a little kind with it. To whom am I speaking? This is Jason in North Carolina. Jason in North Carolina. Now, North Carolina is a big place. Where, where in North Carolina are you? In the middle of the triangle. And the triangle is, of course, Chapel Hill. Durham, Raleigh. Indeed. Is there like a, is there like a news channel or like a radio station that's just like the best of the triangle? Yeah, in general. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like all the news you need from the triangle, Chapel Hill, Durham, and Raleigh. We got a lot of traffic on, uh, here's a traffic report. Uh, the 40 is, uh, tied up, uh, go on the eastbound 40. It's tied up cause, uh, cause, uh, a, a, a truck flipped over. See, you, you're, you're calling up the 40 because you're out in LA now. Where they yeah. call the highway is the. No, what do you call it then? 40. You just say 40. I'm going on 40 East. 40. 40. Oh, you know, you're doing, you're bringing it back to me. That's the way I should talk. I don't know what I was thinking. No, Thank no, you. no. When you, when you get to LA, everyone says the five. And I don't like it. And I don't like it. I didn't like hearing you just, you just held a mirror up to me and you made me see myself. And I don't like what I just saw. So what can I do for you tonight, Chief? Well, I was just thinking about who might uh, perform next year at the Super Bowl. Who's who's on your mind? I think it would be none other than Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. I'm telling you. You're not far off with that. I kind of feel like I feel like there's going to be another big um like they got to figure these old timers out. Yeah, you know what I mean, 
like, this is what I'll say. You're thinking of the old, the, the, the old timers who haven't stepped on the stage yet. Is that what, was that what you were yeah. thinking? Yeah. Yeah. So we got Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young are still alive. Yeah. Who's another big one that's still alive? Who did it already? Rolling Stones did it already. Did Bob Dylan do it? Oh, can you imagine how bad that would be? <laughs> He'd go up and do that, 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 that endless song. Suddenly do that. That would be the whole show. They'd have to fade down halfway through it. <laughs> go to the Spotify commercial. Oh, goody. Spotify commercial. No, I'll say this to you. So Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young got, got the deal, and then they find out that Spotify is the main, major sponsor. Neil threatens to leave two weeks before the gig. Mm-hmm. Do they pull him back in or not? Look, if they're doing a thing... Neil Neil would be there. Neil knows when it's time to be on the big stage. Yeah. I'll say this. If Neil didn't if Neil didn't get all political look, I would have no problem with him doing it, of course, but I'm sure other people are gonna have some big bone to pick. And he probably took himself off of a list because now he's taking sides on a thing. Yeah. Why don't they have Joe Rogan and Neil Young do the halftime show together? Right? Get like Neil Young comes out, all to live on Sugar Mountain with the markers and the colored balloons. And so they hear, and then you cut over and you see Joe Rogan's lifting kettlebells on the side of stage, right? And then suddenly, they, then then Joe Rogan does that and he starts, uh, having his his uh his he gets, starts getting romantic with the stool as is his want to do on stage is uh that really trademark of a great uh stand up is when they basically are trying to uh imp- impregnate a stool on stage it's really exact it's really what uh it's so really the the you just know you're in good hands when that's what the stand up is, is when the stand up comic is more worried who's going to how do I hold the mic while I um basically make whoopee with this stool on stage how, like what am I going to do with the microphone while I'm doing that rather than worrying about the words that come out of their mouth um it's usually a good sign you you're you're in the presence of a master then Neil will go to like, and Joe Rogan will go. No. Buddy, you just stepped on my thing. I was doing a thing, and you had to come in and hang up on this guy. Hang up on him. You're out. You're out. I'm literally saying Neil Young's doing thing. He's going like it was going to be. This is what I was going to say. Neil Young goes, 
And then Joe Rogan goes, lifting the kettlebells in a, or at that point he's in like an ice bath. But then this 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 clown on the line is going, like doing hits. What am I doing here? What am I doing? Oh, my goodness. What am I doing? Oh, me, oh, my. We got any other calls, Pat? We got a big one. Line five, throw it my way, please. Oh, my goodness. If this is if this is who I think it is. This whole world keeps spinning round. It's a wonder tall trees and wind. Oh, I can't get that harmony right. Oh my goodness. I can't believe it. It's the golden boy. Yep. It's your day. It's your day, Golden. I'm gonna call you Golden Boy. Please. It's the day, and for people who don't know who I'm talking to right now, first of all, shame on you. Secondly, it's Kurt Vile. Yeah. And why would I call him Golden Boy? Well, it's very simple. Because today, the whole bleeping thing got announced. You done did it, Kurt Vile. You told everybody, guess what? New album, tour dates video yeah i this is the day i told everybody where it goes <laughs> i'm i'm sick of i'm i was sick of hiding in this basement ready to take everybody back to school yeah no so. you you kurt vile you are first of all you're one of the best in the biz everybody if people don't know that, they will know it. But people know it. Today, you announced new album, and this album is called "Watch My Moves." Yeah. It's in like parentheses. In parentheses. Watch yeah, my in parentheses. Moves. And you got tour dates going from the end of April all the way through june the usa is about to get kurt viled yeah it's it's weird too i i've been uh <clears throat> i've been so deep in this record i'm really feeling it feeling real cocky once it's turned in and then yeah uh thank god though i have like a couple months before i've actually got to get on the stage because all this computer stuff is really really uh slowing me down really slowing me down this is what happens now you just like work an office job that's what i'm doing now look but what are you what are you gonna do you mean you mean telling everybody about the record and being being like having to do the promotional side of it well i mean people are doing that but really at the end of the day you're you're doing you're because you gotta approve everything you gotta send you know it's emails man it's kill. Mm -hmm. it's it's worth it though. It's worth it. You know, Tom. You do the same shit. Oh, right. sorry. Yeah, it's all right, parents. Now, <laughs> now I'm looking at the cover of this. That's the cover of the record is is you on a little bridge. Mm-hmm. With your two beautiful kids. 
Yeah. And you're wearing what are you wearing there on your on your face? I'm wearing. Oh yeah, I'm wearing a, an alligator mask that we uh, on on Halloween. You know, I just took I just went out with the girls and I was just thinking about how one this is super fun. I never like I never been home for a year straight. You know, like living normal life with my family. Two, like, they looked amazing on Halloween. They kept asking me what I'm going to be for Halloween. It's like just the little things you don't think about. Like, I missed a lot of Halloweens, and finally I'm like, well, I I got this weird one-piece suit with an alligator on the back. I could find some random alligator mask, thinking nothing of it. But then Delphine, my youngest, she's like, we got to get your alligator mask. Got to get, she finally picks out the one. And then I put it on, and I I just know I got this album cover due. And I'm like, man, I'm looking at the woods by my place, and I'm like, you know what? Let's just like, uh, let's just take some documentary people into the woods, and uh, and if we don't get the album cover, we'll get some hilarious footage of us trying to get an album cover. And we got it like the first the first shot. I didn't think so at the time, but uh, then you just look back, you're like, oh yeah, because how many album covers? Some dude with long hair holding a guitar and just sitting there. I just, I don't know. It's looked the same every time. So it came you up. You, you, you're, you're breaking it up. You're shaking it up. Shaking it up. I love it. And I'll tell you this. I don't know. What can I say? Can I say, can I you say, can say this? You it all, Tom. I heard the record. I heard the whole thing. 15 cuts strong. And I'm going to say something. <laughs> Heard file. You done did it again. You done did it again. Kurt file. This record is. I was blown away by it and I was taken aback by it. It's kind of like. It's kind of like all of the stuff you've done under one roof. Where. Because early on you did. You had the records that were much more lo-fi and home home recorded. And then you kind of got, then the violators became more, more uh, established and more solid. And then you were, you, the records were pretty, pretty just big sound, big sounding full band arrangements. This is the first one where you're really kind of making, and you correct me if I'm wrong on this. You're making a record that can stand on its own, and these aren't necessarily just meant to be like, oh, these arrangements will live on stage. Also, you you made a record to that it's a record first and foremost. Yeah, well, I mean, you're right. I'm always trying to sort of do that. I've been trying to get back to this this place where. And I, I'm sitting that right now in my studio, you know, like, I don't know, I feel like I, like a few years ago I could see this place in the future, but I was like thinking about it every day, thinking about the record, thinking about the home studio, trying to get back to where I started, but, you know, with a little more class, a little more control, a little more, you know, a little more high fidelity gear, all this stuff, and like people to help me run it. And now I got it. That's all. Huh? Yeah, you could hit this. You can hit that sweet spot. You got a foot in both 
both iterations of the Kurt Vile experience. I got one foot in each grave. One foot in each grave, yeah. Because there's stuff that's stripped down and really very, like, almost like, like, uh, like, uh, just like surprisingly intimate on this record. I thought that was, that was the first thing I was blown away by is how it kind of feels like it's the wreck. It's like you just playing the songs for the listener, man. Thanks. Well, I think, yeah, the one thing is you, your guards never down as much as when you're at home. And then, but like, and the other the other thing is this whole pandemic, like, also Rob Schnapp. I mean, half of it was recorded over there. You came and visited me over there. But he's, you sort of know, it's sort of like me and you or like somebody you know, like, you know, the pandemic, you kind of have time to think of, you know, you can just know who your your brothers are, you know, who's in your family, and you're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've worked with a lot of producers on most records, and they're all great, but like. Who, who do I call up on the phone and, you know, all those kind of things. Or even, like, who do I want to be here right now playing, you know. I, it's just uh, that kind of thing. You're just being comfortable at home or out in Los Angeles, whatever. Yeah, no, it's really, um, man, I was really, I was really pleased to hear that Look, if you would have made a record that was just like Bottle It In, if you made Bottle In Part 2, I would have been like, great. I loved the first one. Here's more of it. But you, <laughs> but you didn't do that. You kind of went somewhere else with it, which is exciting. And it's exci- It's I just loved hearing you just sing as if you're just literally talking to the listener. And it's like it's kind of like you're hanging out with them sometimes. And sometimes they're smaller moments. Sometimes they're bigger moments. Sometimes it's, you're not, you, you, the lyrics are a little arcane and other times they're very, they're incredibly direct in other times. And it's just, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful record, Kurt, and people are going to flip for it. Thanks, Tom. I love you. I love, I love, I love you I too. You, I haven't sent it to, Anybody else? I mean, I sent it. I think my bandmates might have it now. You hear that? The band. I just want everybody in the audience. You soak this up for a second. His bandmates might have it. I got it. I got it. Bandmates might have it. Mark Arm might not have it yet. Mark Arm? Nah, he's like. Yeah, he might have it. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if he has it yet, though. No, look, the, and the. It's just I, I'm teasing teasing a little bit. When when does it come out? It comes out <clears throat> April fifteenth. Yep, April fifteenth. Okay, so we got a we got a couple more months. Yeah, that's that's a crazy part, right? You're like yeah. rollout is insane. That's why. Yeah. But it's it's uh, great, and it's got it's got some real uh, some real curveballs on it. Um. I mean, the, I I thought one of the the most impressive things is the uh, what is it? Wages of Fear, Sin. Wages of Sin. The Wages of Fear is the movie. Yes, it's great. KV. 
Head Another up, one. Mark it down. Mark it down. April 15th. Yeah. And you got some crazy live shows coming up too. You got you got the Sunra Orchestra is going to play with you in the one of the Philly shows. Yeah, dude, Sunra Orchestra is going to play. And you, I don't know if you saw the video, but James Stewart from the orchestra he played on the single like Exploding Stones, and he shows up in the middle. Like it's sort of like in the songs. Like I like the way this song's going, but it needs something crazy. And then it's like, oh, let's get this guy James Stewart to play sax if we can get a hold of him. And then the same with like the video. The video is cool and psychedelic, but you know, in the middle of it, it's like, what's going to take this to the next level? Next thing you know, we got James Stewart in his Sunra Orchestra garb in the middle of a roller skating rink, blowing on the sax. Everything's melting. Mm-hmm. People are skating by. <laughs> yeah. Now you you. Uh, it's also exciting. Because this is your first record with the new label too, so that's that's really that's kind of thrilling that you are on Verve now. No, it is. It's exciting because <clears throat> you know that sort of just happened naturally. They reached out to me, and I've been sitting around for a couple of years just reading books and listening to jazz records. It's not a new thing for me, but like. Uh, I just think about, I don't know, it's where my brain was headed, you know, sort of like, mm-hmm. and they're, uh, the guy, Jamie, who runs the label, he's just like a really nice guy and an ac- actual musician. They're just like heads. Uh, I don't know, like, it was, he just genuinely wanted to sign me and it, it kind of just worked out and it's exciting, you know, I just helped me build a st- studio, all this stuff. I don't know, man. It's it's yeah. it feels it feels new and but natural like uh, and uh, like it's a natural progression for you to to be at this point and to it's exciting because it's like you're doing you're doing what you've done but you're going into new places too including like the label stuff because you know you've been on Matador for a long long time and but but you know. You, you you and you still have a good good uh, relationship with them. The way you talk about them, you talk I about love them. I, I'm grateful. Their their family is just. I uh, I'm all you know. I'm also. I also got my family. I it, it was really literally just an opportunity just fell into my lap, and it feels really uh, natural and, and amazing mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and that's the good thing about it. It's just like that you you. You did what you did with them, and you're going to keep. You said you're going to keep, you know, potentially doing things with them down the road, also. Oh, totally. and, There's plenty of uh, material. Yeah. Plenty of archival material, and who knows what the future holds as well. Yeah. Get that KV box. Yeah, that KV box. Um, by the way, Tom, I don't know how much time you have, but I really do have this Neil Young story that I want to tell you. Oh, of course. What if I was like, no, nah, I really don't have enough time for your for your Neil Young story. Now, nah, maybe next time, buddy. It's a good story, but I'm like, no, I wish. Yeah, sorry, we ran out of time. Uh, the the one thing though, Tom, is I I need your permission to say exactly what Neil said. Uh, and I'm assuming that there's a a, a well, you can. 
Yeah, well, you, you curse the Kurt, Kurt. You cursed already. Why not? <laughs> why not just keep going with it? Well, this is what Neil said. Okay. So it's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not so it doesn't count technically. Yeah, it's your. But okay, Rob Schnapp told me this. You know who you met? Who in yeah. LA? I've been recording with, and uh, and it's some and of he's a really cool are, guy. He's such a cool guy. He loves you too. Right. He's, he's yeah. so funny. <laughs> That's such a fun hang over there. Uh, yeah, I actually wanted you on a song, and I even threw your um, the line "It Never Ends" into one song, but it never made it. We never that song didn't make the record anyway. So maybe right. next time you'll come in. Look, we'll get it on. Look, you've mentioned me eight times in songs before. Point. I think I can take it that I didn't make this record. Right. Um. Okay. So. Uh, Rob Schnapp, he's friends with, uh, I, maybe it's a dude who pl- he, pl- he plays keyboard in a lot of bands. Maybe he played in like even Maroon 5 and things like that. But it's like a keyboard player that uh, Neil is buddies with, okay? And they played some kind of one of those benefits, like either like a benefit like Music Cares or some Grammy benefit special where, you know, it's all kinds of, all kinds of various guests, big names, okay? And it's Neil Young and this guy on keyboard and a bunch of other people. And there's like Joe Perry over there and other people. And uh, so they're rocking out. And you know when you know when Neil's rocking out, he does like sort of the sway and the duck walk and he comes up and down and he moves over to someone and he'll say something in their ear or look at them and then go start rocking away again. You know, maybe yeah. come back a minute later, like super jamming. So it's that kind of thing. And, and uh, so... He's rocking out, and he goes over to the keyboard player, and he says, Hey, uh, who, who's that guy over there? Right over there. And uh, the keyboard player's like, Oh, that's Joe Perry. And he goes, Oh, okay, okay. And then he, he rocks away. He does the duck walk, and he's like, nah, 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 Swaying away. And then he turns back around, maybe after like a long solo, comes back to the keyboard player, and he's like, uh, who, who's Joe Perry? He's like, <laughs> Joe Perry from Aerosmith. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, okay. And he rocks away again. You know, maybe, and he comes back like 30 seconds later or something, and he looks at the keyboard player, and he goes, he fucking sucks! <laughs> and then he rocked away again. That was it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he the best thing you ever heard oh that's amazing like that's one of the other things that you hear when you like read enough about neil young and where you're just like oh he did the album with uh with pearl jam and it's just like and i heard some interview where somebody's like uh yeah neil you uh did you or no i heard an interview with pearl jam where like did did you consider Neil like a father figure and did he impart any advice to you guys and things? It's just like, I think I, 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 how many Pearl Jam songs can Neil Young actually name in that point? Be like, yeah, they got the one, uh, Jeremy is one of the ones, uh, <laughs> and there's like another one. They do uh, a song rocking in the free world. It's like, yeah, that's your song. Well, yeah. <laughs> then, like he's not home cranking vitology 
like no. playing along with it. He's an opportunist. <laughs> well, he knows he knows when it's time to like when it's time to slide next to the biggest band going. They're like, "Hey, you want to do? Would you want to do an album?" Well, he's like, "Yeah, all right, let's do one." And then, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but did you read you, you read Shaky? I've read Shaky more than once. Yeah, right. Yeah, I love I love. What I love about Neil, especially, yeah, because he does talk about uh, Eddie in that at times. Like, I love Eddie. He's a real soulful guy. He'll he'll just talk about life, and uh, his tears will well up. You know, his eyes will well up with tears. Real sensitive, funky fella. But also, like Neil's, like biggest regret is that he didn't listen to Nirvana in time before uh-huh. he died. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, get on, yeah like, just be like, you feel like, oh man, yeah. Like, if he would have missed the boat on, if he would have played it even differently, he'd be just like, I'm doing a new album. It's me and Tad. I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm backed up by Tad on this new album. <laughs> this guy's a freaky, a freaky soul, uh, soulful fella, Tad. He's a real soulful guy, real funky. No, but he, but I just love the like that concert that I was telling you about. That was concert was like just two years ago. You know, <laughs> he's still, he's still. Aerosmith hasn't gotten on his radar yet. Like, no, he was just like, this guy sucks. <laughs> he's like messing up the jam. Oh, that's so funny. Um, you know, <laughs> Kurt, you, you're the best, Kurt, oh, yeah. you're the best. Uh, this is going yeah, to be, go ahead, sorry. No, that's it. I was just saying, I've been wanting to give you a call for a while, and uh, life's been nuts, and for, and for you, too. Yeah. So it's great to talk to you. Uh, it's great to talk to you, buddy, and, I, and I'm really excited about this next record, and everybody's gonna everybody's gonna flip for it because it's really you you uh you don't stop pushing with the stuff and that's one of my favorite things about your music is that you you keep things deceptively simple but they're also deceptively tricky also and you don't stop you don't stop working with your stuff and that's that's one of the most exciting things about when you put some new stuff out and this record is definitely no exception i can't wait for everybody else to hear it yeah man i will i'm glad i'm glad i showed it to you first before my band wow that that'll go over great uh next time i see them i'm sure they'll yeah. they'll just love they'll love that moment um yeah, jesse's Jesse really gonna kick your ass <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't beat me up the hope the violators don't beat me up um no yeah. well, well, buddy, I, I, uh, you know, I think the world of you, and I can't wait to see you. And congrats on the new record. Can't wait till till it's out in two months. You too, bro. All that stuff. Love okay. you, man. Thank you. I love you too. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Right, bye. Look at that. See how we do it here on the best show. Sure, some people don't respect me. I know that. Kurt respects me. Gives me the record before the anybody. It's really a good record. I, I was very happy to hear it and and just sit and listen to it and take it all in as one piece. 
<clears throat> yeah. And the Springsteen cover is pretty, pretty powerful. And yeah. So, Pat, we got any more calls? Oh, yeah, baby. What did you think of that? that uh, what did you think of Burp Gate last week, Pat? I I embraced it. I, I, uh, I'm not proud of the moment, but, I mean, I, th- I think it led to uh, some funny fodder and yeah. some, uh, I think it, it, it happening when it did towards the end of the episode almost boosted that episode, which was already great, into some kind of extra great grand status. Sure. It went to the, to the stratosphere the way uh, my guy Hulk Hogan would talk about it. He would say, we're in the, we're in the stratosphere. Now we're in the ionosphere, brother. This is not the stratosphere. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those are great guys. Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage. They don't make them like that anymore. Um, uh, big science buffs yeah no they are big science buffs their hulk hogan's love of science really uh i find inspiring um he's a big proponent of stem um yeah he likes stem so give me another call if you could pat Hello, best show. <clears throat> best show, hi. Hello, best show. Caller, are you there? You've been on hold the longest. Caller. Best show. You're on the best show. Tom Welcome Lee. to the best show. I'm going to try to pick up the receiver and see if that works. Hold on. Okay. It's almost a two-hour wait, so I want to be sure they... Best show. Hey, can you hear me? Hello? You're on the best show. Can you hear me? Best show. Okay. Unfortunately, they went to the bathroom or something, so they're gone. Okay. Sorry. Here's another one. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the best show. Hey. Hey, Tom. How you doing? Good. Who's this? Hello? This is Jonathan in Houston. Jonathan in Houston. How are you, Jonathan? I'm doing well. Uh, it's always a treat to hear uh, Kurt Vile tell some Neil Young stories. Yeah, it was exciting, right? Yeah, very. And um, I was, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the man. Um, Dudio is not around, right? Is that correct? I don't know. Dudio had to take care of some some personal stuff, and he's he's taking care of that right now. He had to step away, so he's not there right now. Why? What? Do you have a message you want to relay to him? I'll relay it. Well, um, I hope everything's okay, but I because I, I had some questions. I used um, his, he does a voice on Waze. I found out, and I was using it today. And I thought it was interesting. Wait, hold on a second. Waze the app? Yeah, he's doing the voice for Cupid. 
So I like didn't, uh, I didn't know about this. It's pretty incredible. I had no idea about this. Yeah. He's a hustler. Got he's got stuff yeah, going on. I don't on. like I don't like it. I'm gonna consider that to be best show, uh a proprietary best show thing and I probably yeah, should have been fun. offered that. Um like he probably should have like like if he got the job, he should have stepped away and said, well, let me make sure let me see if Tom wants to do it instead of me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that seems it seems it's only fair. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now what do you got for the topic, my friend? Anything for the topic? Yeah, I got one for the topic. Um Well, let's hear it. The joke Okay, so I was thinking about this because my sister is a fifth grade teacher. And we were talking and she said she's, she came to her student. But she teaches fifth day. graders. She's not in fifth grade. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Thank goodness. I was going to say the, the Texas, I, I knew the Texas uh, school system had problems, but that sounds like a, 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 a that sounds like a, the Rubicon, so to speak. The Rubicon. Yeah, we're not, we, we haven't reached that point yet you want to know what i don't know there's a word i also don't know what it means do you want to know what word it is what's that rubicon yeah i think it means you go uh, through a thing and then you can't go back no more is that what rubicon uh, means um rubicon. Like, like you cross the rubicon <laughs> and you ain't going back no more um, it works for me. I, I really don't know though. You know. Okay. Oh, well, I will say this. Uh, what you just said was very kind, but is also not very helpful. I said, I think this is what Rubicon might mean. And you said, well, that works for me. That's not how, <laughs> that's not how language works. We I, don't get to just, I, really, I don't know what it means. You didn't, I have no God bless you. God bless you, my friend. You, you didn't do me any favors. You're keeping me as dumb as I already am by going, yeah, that's good enough. Sure. Let's say that's yeah. what Rubicon means. I got to play. I got to get in. I have, I've never played Wordle. I know you're i uh, I'm pretty good at it. I'm pretty good like at Wordle. Yeah. I'm good at Wordle. Here's the things I've been playing. Wordle. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one called Nerdle now, which is a math-based one that I have I enjoy, where you have a certain amount of moves to to figure out what the math problem is. Yeah, uh, I, I know people like that. I just, I like, uh, it's never been my, my jam really, you know, like the, what's the one, um, what's the numbers thing they do like in the, you know, numbers crossword puzzle. Sudoku. Yeah, Sudoku. I don't think I've ever played, I don't even know how to play Sudoku. Well, that could be your uh, New Year's resolution for 2022. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Unlikely, but... 
uh, do you want me to, t- can I get back to the, the topic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's, ta- so she's got her fifth grade class. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking, to, I don't know, I was saying it was such a good show, really enjoyed it. And I was like, what did the kids, and she's like, you know, I, I, I saw my students on Monday. And I was like, what did you guys think of that halftime show? And their answer was, they didn't like it because they literally didn't know who any of these people were. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, no, those are old artists now. Yeah. Kids don't know who 50 Cent is. Yeah. Or Dr. Dre. Like, they don't know. Why would the kid? I mean, it makes sense, though. It's like, why would they know who they are? Yeah, no, it, it totally makes sense. Snoop Dogg, they probably know from a margarine commercial or whatever he's hawking these days. It's like, the who was the actor you were talking about? It. See, it's the same problem, like, since the beginning with, being out of touch, you know, with the youth. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, yeah, so I was thinking like, and really shouldn't the halftime show best target audience? Like it's a, it's a child's game. It should be catered to like a 12 year old. So I was thinking for the halftime show, Jake Paul. And My like, goodness. I know that sounds like, What's that? Oh, I'm listening to you. Okay, and I know that sounds gimmicky, but I was thinking like like a more prestigious version of that would be like giving it to Bo Bunham, I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. But um I feel like Jake Paul has like all like proved himself to be more um talented and more capable, like, you know, with the with the body. it seems like a joke, but he always seems to come through. And uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting. You give him give him the platform, and I, you're more familiar with his work and his music. And you, hold on, you're saying you want a halftime show to consist of Jake Paul, and who else? Yeah, J- J- like I like Jake. No, I I just want to give it to Jake Paul, and I know he's got his whole crew. I said like the. So you one- think Team Ten should be out there too? It'd be like the Pepsi halftime show featuring this year jake paul and team 10 kids would dig it i like it's not for me but it, i think i'd be i don't know i think i think it would work so you picture it suddenly like you'd hear they come out there's like a giant stage and you can't see what's going on on it then suddenly you hear then you hear what rising up you hear this yeah Y'all can't handle this. Y'all don't know what's about to happen, baby. Team 10. Los Angeles, Cali boy. But I'm from Ohio, though. White boy. It's every day, bro, with the Disney Channel flow. Five mil on YouTube in six months. Never done before. Pass all the competition, man. PewDiePie is next. Man, I'm... So he'd be out there... Yeah. Taking shots at PewDiePie and the other YouTubers... Then the special guest would be who? Logan Paul and the Low Gang? Um, yeah, you know, I, whatever, I, whatever Jake sees fit, I feel like, you know, you gotta let, you gotta let him cook. I feel like this is how I would do it. Suddenly you have Jake Paul's on stage. He does It's Every Day, Bro, his hit song. <laughs> yeah. Team 10 is there behind him. Then. Suddenly it goes like, 
right? And yeah. then Jake Paul pulls off his clothes. He's in his boxing gear. Yeah. And then he does some, he does, he, then he literally boxes a little bit, right? Uh-huh. I picture what if he fought what? like, uh, what if he fought all of the Saved by the Bell cast at the same time, right? Mario Lopez. Maybe, maybe like John Principal Stark? Belder. What's that? Uh, no, I like where you're going with it. I was in my. I Thank was you. Then he boxes, but let me just finish. He boxes them. He knocks Principal Belder's head off his shoulders. The head rolls across the stage, and it stops. A foot stops it. And who's the foot? Oh my goodness. It's Logan Paul. And he's got the low gang with him on the opposite side of the stage. Then he goes, yeah. What's up, baby brother? I think I got something to say. And then suddenly he does a song about how he desecrated that suicide forest. Right? Yeah. And uh-huh. completely <laughs> then opens up. $2 million pack of Pokemon cards that are filled with sandpaper, whatever he got ripped off on. Was Jake Paul or Logan Paul the one that got ripped off with the Pokemon cards? I have no idea. I, I, I know the story. I, I don't know. I think it's Jake. I'm pretty sure. Jake. I'm going to look it up. Um, yeah, it was Logan Paul. Logan Paul spent $3.5 million on Pokemon cards. Yeah. Like, so he opens up the cards, <laughs> and I don't want to say that he opened up the cards, and there were like old GI Joe cards inside of them. Yeah, it's good. All, all I can say with this guy with these Pokemon cards, no, no point in this where you could start to realize something might be fishy before you lose the whole three point five million dollars. Was he buying these in a Target parking lot? this this family's as dumb as it gets and he'll just suddenly so they'll be their low gang and then who are their rivals let me see who I'm trying to think who their rivals are oh it would be the guy from Dana White the guy the head of uh, UFC that that great human would would come on out because they're fighting over yeah they just fight um then finally, he would do a boxing match against Logan. Uh, like it would be Jake and Logan Paul fighting Dana White, and then uh, what's his face? Connor O'Malley comes out. Connor McGregor comes out. Well, Connor O'Malley comes out also. We're gonna say Connor, Connor McGregor, and Connor O'Malley come out. Connor, yeah, Connor O'Malley, Connor O'Malley for sure. Connor O'Malley comes out, and he's just like Kentucky Fried Chicken has. Genetically modified microchips in it. Huh. And look, I love Connor O'Malley. He's one of the funniest people on the planet. I'm not making fun of yeah. him. I'm telling you, this guy's the best in the biz. I wish he would call up. I wish he would call up. I can't get that guy on the show anymore. No, I I, 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 I tell people all the time, I think he literally is. like. There's nobody like he's in a league of his own. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'm not, though. I guess I'm not though. That's fine. You're, 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 that's, 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 you're, you're an A-lister too. Oh, I, I am too. Okay. No, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, you're an A-lister too. So he's in a, hold on. 
He's in a league of his own, but I'm an A-lister well, too. You you got no like you I you nobody. There's nothing like there's nothing like Connor O'Malley, and there's nothing like Tom Sharpling, and I am completely sincere when I say that. Well, I appreciate that. There's a, you know, singular talents. So that would be a pretty good halftime show. I like that. The Paul, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, special guest Dana White. Uh, yeah. Little little journey through the suicide forest. Yeah. Logan Paul. And then what if he steps on a, what if he steps into a, this, this would be the best part. Jake Paul and Logan Paul both step into like two little like rocket ships on the stage on opposite sides of the stage. And they both take off and they go up into the night sky and they both explode over the stadium. And then, but don't worry, Jake and Logan Paul parachute out. But the parachutes are on fire. I think that would top Prince. That would top Prince. Yes. Yeah. All right, my friend. Thank you for the call. Thank you, Tom. Of course. Of course. It's every day, bro, with that Disney Channel flow. Guys, I'll say one thing. I don't like him. But gosh darn it, I respect him. Jake Bleepin' Paul. He earned my respect. What is going on with the, with the, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm starting to realize? I went to go eat lunch today. I'm eating at a diner out here. And naturally, of course, if it's in the Los Angeles County area, um, the diner has to be, uh, 50s themed with pictures of Marilyn Monroe on the wall and James Dean. Um, cause apparently diners cannot be a modern conceit, not a modern day conceit. A diner has to be reflective of the 50s. So I'm eating in this diner. But this diner, for whatever reason, to tie this back to Kurt Vile's story, the second time I've been in this place where they played nothing but Aerosmith. And, like, not... They're playing seventies Aerosmith and not the, not just, it's not just walk this way. It was like last child mama can, is that the song? Mama can, can they're playing like album cuts mixed in with back in the saddle again. Um, so it's a weird experience. But I'm starting to pick up. There is a subset in this country of 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 adults of a, of a certain age. Um, I guess I would say there's probably. And look, I'm not. I'm, I'm sure there's. If there's somebody who's not a guy who's into this, I'm certain that there is. But it seems like it's old guys of a certain personality type. This guy was sitting at the booth next to me and he ranted to his friend for at least 
90 seconds, two minutes about how finally Jack Reacher is the proper size as the character is in the books in this new series that I guess is like an Amazon series or something. Because in the Jack Reacher books, which I read one of and discussed on the show before, it's, they're terrible. They're truly bad. They're just, it's just the dumbest thing you ever read. Poorly written. Um, not nearly as much fun as it should be. Still fun. Should have been more fun. But these books have like a, a like a soft cult around them, I guess is the way to describe it. Because in the books, the character of Jack Reacher is supposed to be like six foot six or something. And Tom Cruise played Jack Reacher in two movies. And Tom Cruise is a guy who's under six feet tall. And these fans could not handle that. They were so mad, apparently, that a that a smaller person had the nerve to portray Jack Reacher. Never mind that the first Jack Reacher movie is pretty great and has some legitimately amazing fight scenes in it and has Werner Herzog as the villain in it. This guy was going, yeah, finally. I mean, those Tom Cruise movies, I hate him, hate him. He's not the right size. He's not the right size. Jack Reacher's tall guy. He's supposed to be ex-military tall guy like military police or whatever he was saying it's like but he's finally this series that they have going now he's the right height and it sounded like some some full-on now i can die in peace finish line business coming from this guy all i want to see in my lifetime I just want to see a properly sized Jack Reacher. I don't ask for much in this life. I like a, a warm meal, a warm lunch at a, a 50 themed diner with Aerosmith uh, deep cuts playing behind me. I like that. And uh, I like a warm meal. I like to sit across from a good friend like you, my friend. And I like to just know that Jack Reacher is his uh, proper height based on the books. It needs to be a, a, a correctly sized Jack Reacher. I got to come up with a Jack Reacher type character, man. That's what I need. I'm, I was, I'm a, look, I'll say this. Am I thinking about another book? Yeah, yeah. I got something in my crosshairs. I got something in me crosshairs. I'll throw that book right in the, out the window, right out the bleeping window. If I could figure out some sort of Jack Reacher type care, let me, maybe I'll figure it out tonight. Um, what if it's a guy whose name is like Bill? And his middle middle name is like uh, uh, Nicholas, so it's N. 
and his last name is Ted, T-E-D-D, Bill and Ted. And he gets, anytime anybody comments and says that, hey, your name is like Bill and Ted, like the movies, then you hear, well, you wouldn't hear that because it's a book, but it would be like in Pulp Fiction, it would be the equivalent. I'll have to find a way to put that sound to words. Bill walked into the diner and ordered a uh, 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 mushroom and Swiss omelet. He ate it and then checked. went to the cash register, threw his credit card down. The manager looked at the credit card and saw his name. Bill and Ted, eh? Just like the movies? Then suddenly, and I will say then suddenly in the book, then suddenly... A, a music started playing kind of like a siren, but a little melodic and like an old TV theme too. And then he smashed everybody up in the diner. End of chapter for Bill and Ted. We'll see. I'll figure it. I'll figure a thing out. Any more calls, Pat? We still got a full house. Full house, full house. Throw one my way, please. Best show, hi. Hi, Tom. Hi, to whom am I speaking? This is Colette from Athens. Colette from Athens. Oh, my goodness. This is, there There have not been, you're, I, I will say this, Colette. I don't know if you are a part of the best show anymore, Colette. No, what happened? Oh, no, 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 nothing bad happened. Colette, you're a breakout star. You're on double threat now. You're the true double threat, Colette. Double threat, Colette. Because you are on the latest episode of Double Threat, which we recorded uh, a couple days ago. That episode went up uh, yesterday. It is so good. You are so funny on it and so charming. And I tip my little derby to you, my little bowler, my bowler cap to you. I'm positively blushing, Tom. Thank you. I tip my Vic Burger uh, styled uh, Der Bingle uh, fedora (laughs) at you. Um, yeah, no, you were great on the show and people should listen to the new double threat. It is a Valentine's dating game type show and Colette is the contestant. I am the contestant or I'm the prize. One of the, one of the two, you're the prize. So to what do I owe the pleasure of this call again to get to talk to a caller and nay caller, but a human as wonderful as Colette two times in one week. I must be doing something right. (laughs) Uh, I actually, I had one for the topic, Tom. All right. Which is the, we're doing the 2023 halftime show now. Yeah. Um, I think that, the NFL needs to do something different. They need to drop music. Uh, no more music for okay. at least for next year. 
what should replace it is a Rube Goldberg machine of stunts performed by the cast of Jackass. So you want to go all the way. You want to just have the a Rube Goldberg Jackass thing happen. Cause did yeah, you hear I mean, earlier? Did you hear our Jackass discussion earlier? Uh, no, I didn't hear it. Oh, well, we broke down a full Jackass appearance. Uh, for the Super Bowl halftime show where it would start a marching band comes out. You realize that it's the jackass guys are at the end of it. They get stuck on a treadmill spin all over the place. Then there's some rods, some, some launching pads hidden under the 50 yard line launches people in the air. Johnny Knoxville does switcheroo into his, uh, bad grandpa outfit. Goes into the sky box. Chris Pontius gets a, uh, 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 gets bit in his nethers by a uh, a scorpion and then you cut back to, it was a whole thing it was good stuff so you want a room you want a one well what about this though this, colette this is we take the lemons of us having talked about that already and watch me turn this into lemonade you said get rid of music no go Co, co, that's Colette. No go, Co. This is what we're doing. The Jackass group teams up with OK Go. Oh. Band OK Go recreate their This Too Shall Pass video with the Jackass crew getting knocked around by this while they play that song. I think that think sounds about, amazing. What do you think about that? I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I just wanted the, the big finale to be Preston Lacey, like falling off of a platform onto like an inflatable air mattress and that knocking Wee Man through the goalposts. Mm-hmm. I think that that would Colette, have been, but I like your idea. Colette, I got to just tell you, we already figured out an ending to it. It was going to be, I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is the extra point, and he's going to be dressed as a football, and he's going to get kicked by a giant mechanical leg over the goalpost. How? Oh, I can't believe I missed this. You got to look. You got to. You got to get on early with the best show. We can't. We can't. We can't. Wait, this isn't a, a taxi. I can't hold it for you. It's like Uber. We leave. At a point, you ain't out here in five minutes. We're leaving. <laughs> and I'm getting charged. Yeah. Oh, you're getting charged. You check your, you check the app. You're getting charged on this. How much do I owe you? Colette, I can't ever. You've repaid me over and over oh. through the years. All I ask is that you sign up to truth social Donald Trump's new social media platform and report back to us about what it's like over at truth social. Okay. I'm sure it's a very welcoming environment for people like me. Oh no. I'm sure you'll, you'll just feel at home with Donald Trump jr. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's already like family. It really is. Donald Trump Jr. I will say this. You know, everybody is like, yeah, Donald Trump, 
can't stand Donald Trump Jr. It's like, I'll say this, parent not liking a kid, that's rough stuff. But in fairness to Donald Trump, which I never thought I would say in my life, the phrase, in fairness to Donald Trump, if you went and named this kid your name, Junior, and your kid turned out to be that much of a flop, (laughs) you tell me you wouldn't be mad all the time also? (laughs) Yeah, I think you've got a point there. You know he wishes he named Ivanka Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> what is that thing where, like, when when extremely egotistical men have a daughter and they figure out a way to feminize, like their their daughter's or their name, so that they can still name themselves after mm-hmm. someone? Sure. Yeah. I don't know what that's called. I don't know what it's called either. Oh, I guess Donna would just be what that is for for Donald. It would be diminutive. Oh, so her name would have been Donna Trump. Yeah. My daughter Donna. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Um anything else, Colette? You have anything else? Uh no, I I just uh, had that idea that other people had because, you know, great minds, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Colette, all I'm gonna say is other people didn't have that idea. Tom had that idea. Some guy called and went. Some guy called and went, what about jackass? And he had nothing else ready except to just go, I think it should be jackass. What, the movie? We're playing the movie at (laughs) halftime? What are we doing now? 15 minutes of the movie. This should be jackass? You gave me a little bit, but you had you had thoughts, you had ideas, you had specific stunts planned. I don't, call went, I don't got ideas. He just went, "What about jackiness?" <laughs> <laughs> but this is how it will go down. You will hear this music. Is this bad? Is this bad music? I don't mind this song. But do I not mind it because of that video? I don't know about OK Go. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not playing all their songs. I'm saying it's one song. I'm not saying these guys are the greatest, right? And you're like, I don't know about this. I'm saying, what about this one song? <laughs> Anybody? Look. Look, I, I think that song's all right. Yeah. You say it's okay. Yeah. Say that again. It'd be responsible for an OK Go Stadium tour. I would love an OK Go Stadium tour. Imagine the stunts they'd pull off. <laughs> All right, Colette, I'm going to take some more calls and keep it rolling. Thank you for being on Double Threat this week. It was so much fun. Yeah, thank you. Nice talking to you. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.
Oh, and by the way, the best show Patreon, that's how you support the best show. Patreon.com slash the best show. That's the only place you can get uh, the bonus content we put up, like the, the, the show so far and Ask Tom. And we got some other stuff coming, and it's good. And get ready for fun things in 2022, and that's where you get it. Best show, Patreon, patreon.com slash the best show. Uh, Pat, give me another call, please. Hello, best show. Uh, hi, is this Tom? It is. Oh, hi, Tom. This is Joe Grippo. I'm coming into New York City on a train. Feels good. Um, I have one for the topic. You're coming in from New York City or to New York City? Oh, who wants to know, Tom? I'm coming into New York City. From where? This station is South Norwalk. The station is Grand Central Station, they're saying, I guess. So where are you from, Connecticut? I'm from East Hartford, Connecticut. Mm. Um, going away from Connecticut uh, for the night anyway. I got to get Ooh. back tomorrow. I have a therapy appointment tomorrow. Who are the big shots in Connecticut? Who are the all-time greats from Connecticut? Well, it's Mark Mulcahy, number one. From the from the uh, Miracle Workers? Yes, from the Miracle Workers. Absolutely. Wait, what was it? No, Miracle Legion. Miracle Legion. Miracle Legion, yeah. Polaris. And also, uh, the adventures of Pete and Pete. Vinny Cavalieri is probably number two. He's a caller. Plays cribbage. Um, I don't know. Uh, Lewis Lunch. That guy was up to something, inventing the hamburger sandwich. There's, uh, there's plenty to go around in Connecticut, my man. But I'm going out of Connecticut. I'm going to go to Grand Central, like, have my friend John Malcolm in tow. We're going to make a movie this year. John Malcolm and me. All right. I like movies. I have one for the topic, though. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> so, I think this happened already between, like, 1982 through 1985. He had the three-year run. Um, but my memory is foggy because I wasn't born yet, and then I was only, like, one and two. But Del Shannon did three uh, Super Bowls in a row, right? No. No? No, not, a, not even close. Talk? I looked at all the Super Bowl. What years are you saying? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm kidding. But um, has anyone said the traveling wheelchair is tonight? Wait, you what are you saying? So you you just said Del Shannon did three Super Bowls in a row. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I would really like to see a traveling Wilburys concert. So you'd like to see a traveling even though Roy Orbison is gone and Tom Petty's gone and George Harrison is gone. So you want to see basically you want to see Jeff Lynn and Bob Dylan do a duo. Together, well, that'd be a great show. No, hey, Mister Tambourine Man, suddenly like there's gonna be a showdown. No, 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 no. What if they each did each other's song? No, you, you get Mickey. No, you get Mickey Dolan's on drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Neal from Miracle Legion on guitar. 
I take it, what, are you in Miracle Legion the way you're promoting Miracle Legion? Oh, well, actually what I am is Morgan Creek uh, Entertainment. I produced Robin Hood uh, Prince of Thieves uh, when I was seven years old. I did it with uh, just gumption, grit. Uh, All right, hang up on this guy. You know, this guy's driving me nuts. This guy's driving me nuts. You drove me nuts. You drove me nuts. Why'd you drive me nuts? Get off my phone. Get doing a comedy routine. Oh, you know, Shannon hosted uh, the halftime show three times in a row. Get to deal with people's comedy shows. First of all, this is not a comedy show, the best show. This is as serious as it gets. If you laugh, that means I'm doing something wrong. This show's supposed to, no, of course it's a comedy show. That might be one of the worst. Don't do your comedy on here, please. It's, it's comedy, not comedy. That might Tom be. Time. That might be one of the worst calls I've ever heard. Okay. You all right? Welcome back. <laughs> Dudio. This is the guy was telling everybody about Dudio. What were you saying? I was just saying he's a good guy. Well, that's he's very good kind guy. of you. I was saying good guy. Extremely kind. Good guy. And I was talking all about the hawk. Oh, my Lord. We had uh, other people from the hawk on. We were promoting it. Who who else from the Hawk? Herbie. Herbie. Wow. No, we no. I was. That's I your just, character when you come on the Hawk. Now, I'll come on the Hawk. You're you're Herbie. I'll say this. Jason Dudio Gore's been doing this thing, the Hawk, which mm. is a f- radio show. I think this guy ever asked me to be on it. No. <laughs> I, I, never did. Hear peep. I did. I did. I hear peep. Why did you ask me to be on the hawk? I asked you on a show. It's on a best show weeks ago. I asked okay. if you would come on. And I, but here's the thing, Tom. What did I say? You said, of course. And, but I also know you're a very busy person. Oh, well, I'm not too busy for my friends. Okay. Well, we'll get it done. We'll, we'll get it done. Yeah, the hawk. And then when you say we'll get this done, that is you paying tribute to one of your uh, southern brethren, yes. uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. When he says, let's get, let's get this done. Let's um, get this done. Yeah. Now, Pat, any, any Super Bowl calls still? We got any more? We got two. Two calls. Give me one of them, please. Give me one. It's going to be a showdown. It's going to be a showdown. Hello, best show. Oh, hi, Tom. This is Peter from Providence. Peter from Providence. How are you, Peter? Good. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I have one for that topic. So the bleeping Foo Fighters have never done the halftime show? Really? I'm noticing that. They've never been the halftime band? Well, how's that possible? Well, that just seems like the most obvious choice ever then. The Foo Fighters, right? Let's figure out the set list. Because they only got 12 minutes, right? And they got, they got 12 minutes, Foo Fighters set list. They come out. They do a little bit of a Prince song to pay tribute to Prince doing best of, best oh, yeah. of, uh, what is that song? Best of you. Best of you. Because Prince did Foo Fighters live. Do you remember that? 
Prince literally did. He slipped that in, and Foo Fighters didn't know that was going to happen. And they were so that imagine that surprise. You're watching the Super Bowl, and suddenly Prince is a halftime show, and you're just like, "Oh, this is so cool! He's so amazing!" And then he starts playing one of your songs. It'd be like if I was watching a show and suddenly uh, somebody started doing one of my uh, classic comedy routines. Foo Fighters would come out. They do that one. If anything could ever feel this real forever. Like they would do like the acoustic. They would have a stripped down version. Right? Just like an acoustic segment, where they, if anything could ever be this real, oh yeah, the only thing, I, and he gets like way up on the mic, the only thing I ever ask of you, you gotta promise not to stop when I say, <laughs> then it just explodes when, <laughs> then suddenly you hear, and I'll be looking through the skies to save me, right? Spread my wings back home when I learn to fly, right? Then you hear, um, well, I talk about it, put it on, because it's you. I think it's you. They do that song, and then they go, here's our new song. And then they play the song from that horror movie they have coming out. Or will have been out by then. You'd be like, anybody like our horror movie? Remember this song from it? And then all of a sudden they'd go, we got a surprise for you. It's an in-sync reunion. And you're just like, oh, my God, it's an in-sync reunion. <laughs> and you realize it's like in-sync, but not no Justin Timberlake. They have like... um. What would they do? They would get um what's his face? They would get um they get Nick Lachey in to take the place of Justin Timberlake. So it'd be just like we got Joey Fatone, Lance Bass. What's the what's the other guy? CJ Chaser or something? What is it? JC Chazé. I like CJ Chaser. CJ Chaser is a better name. We got CJ Chaser. <laughs> and then the other guy. Chris Patrick. Yeah. And then we got Nick Lachey from 98 Degrees. He comes out. No, I wouldn't get him. Who would be a good one to plug in in his place? Who'd be good for them plugging his Ray Davies? They get like Will Farrell or someone. Kind of like in Ray Davies. Ray Davies. Suddenly they're just like they come out there like bye 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 bye. And so they hear jun 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 jun. I met her in the park and in the building when you drink champagne and it and then he does a full choreographed dance routine to Lola and then um, 
Yeah. And then the Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters start jamming on. Um, they'll probably do a song from uh, the final Kinks album, Think Visual. I think it would be good. They just do a medley of songs from the last Kinks album. Or they could do, do it again, do it again, do it again. Um, yeah. Foo Fighters would be good. Who else? Anybody, any of you uh, uh, best show producers have any ideas for halftime shows? Mike? No, I didn't have any ideas, but I, I had a question regarding um, Eminem. I think there was like a, a pyrotechnic effect that sort of misfired. Remember, there was like a little explosion on the side and like two corners of, of a, a part of the building fell off. Did you see that? When he crashed through the thing? No, he was up on top. Yeah, or whatever. When that exploded yeah, for him yeah. to get, why, you think that wasn't supposed to happen? Well, it, it wasn't very spectacular, was it? I mean, it had the effect of somebody like taking a sledgehammer to a shower wall and like maybe a couple tiles fell off. Oh, look, that's impressive. <laughs> I'd be impressed if someone started smashing my shower up with a sledgehammer. But only two tiles fell off? Yeah, I'd be impressed. Okay. Those must be some pretty tough tiles. I don't know. I didn't my- see any, any talk about it. it. It didn't look particularly spectacular. I thought the whole wall was supposed to come down. Look, that's set. That was the biggest gulf between the quality of performers and quality of the stage show. That's a pretty huge gulf right there. With they had a who's who of of hip hop, and then they were just stuck in like some houses. <laughs> and there was so, something on the end too that wasn't a house. It was like I don't know what it was supposed to be. No, I, I was just like, yeah, this set. I wasn't, I wasn't digging that set. What I did like was watching Dr. Dre uh, uh, turn knobs on an all-white console as if, as if <laughs> yeah. this spray-painted console uh-huh. was actually affecting the sound <laughs> through a football yeah. stadium. I didn't like know he, he play, played piano. I did still don't that? know if it, he does. It, I it, was, yeah, it was still I, playing when he got might, you might wanna you might wanna <laughs> hold off on saying whether he can play piano. He was doing that and I think his hand slipped at a point and it was clear he was not there were a couple moments like that. There was one when Eminem the mic pulled away for a second and kept the, the voice kept going. Um I think there was intermittent uh lip syncing going on. Yeah, I think they I think they have some some uh they have you, some some pre-recorded tracks just to make sure it's consistent going. Which like it, it's look it, the thing's a ridiculous production. <laughs> it's it's the most unnatural thing ever. Oh, Microphones yeah. are probably not supposed to work in circumstances like that. Especially if you're like, okay, you got to run up the stairs to get on the roof of that other house now, <laughs> and and do lose yourself. I don't then, think it was a, a tribute to get back. Maybe uh, somebody saw get back and. Sure. No, I'm sure that was a tribute to get back. They're all on the roof. Clearly. Let's put them on roofs like the Beatles. I tell you what, I wanted to get back my money for the TV. TV. That's yeah. Well, (laughs) 
Pat Dudio, do you have any any ideas for halftime shows? I mean, I'm kind of shocked Weezer hasn't done it. Really? Yeah. You're shocked? I mean, they've got the hits. They've been around long enough. Yeah, sure. They come out dun 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 dun. Whoa! I got a hash pot. They would open with Africa. They probably would open with Africa. Rest crazy. I bet. I bet Rivers would have a beard down to like his feet for some reason. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, we. I can't. But Weezer don't have enough juice to pull off the halftime. Just because you don't leave doesn't mean, like, because look again, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And look, who's saying this? Me. I've been around for a million years doing the show. Maybe I should zip my lip on this. I've been told over and over, Tom, you're washed up. You're over. We don't like it anymore. You were, the show hasn't been good since 2010. The things people say to me. And you know what I say? Jump in a lake. That's what I say right back. Jump in a lake. The mean things people say to me. You know what? I'm back. And you suckers are going to have to deal with it. But the, the but you get Weezer, you get Red Hot Chili Peppers, you get these bands that just because just they don't leave, then they suddenly become iconic. Alanis Morissette? Well, Alanis Morissette has definitely left for long stretches. And that one album is enormous. Yeah. That one album has so many hits on it. But Weezer, what what are they going to do? What are they going to come up there do? Uh, Beverly Hills? Pork and beans. Pork and beans, Beverly Hills. Yeah, I would figure the, the Weezer set would be pork and beans. <laughs> <laughs> they start with pork and beans, then that goes into Africa. Yep. Then Beverly Hills. Then Dope knows what other ones would they do? Well, they do Bunny Holly. They do Island in the Sun. They, they don't. They've already they made it sell. clear they're not doing anything from the first two albums. Okay, no, okay. no. But they will do. Um, they will do. Uh, can't stop partying. They'll do can't stop partying, and then they'll end with that song. Uh, all of the drugs she does. Scare me so much. She's all I've got, and I don't want to be alone. No, there is no other one. What if they did that? Like, like suddenly it's like, and the halftime show, the Pepsi halftime show, Weezer, and then suddenly it's all stage is all black, and you're just like, and here, just acapella. No, there is no other one. One, 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 right? No, there is no other one. One, one, one. Then you hear boom, 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 and they do El Scorcho, which would be amazing. Yeah, of course it would. It would be amazing. Look, it would be amazing. It would never happen. Right. What about Genesis? They're back. 
Yeah, they're back. He, Phil Collins is like, God bless him. All by all accounts, he's not in great shape. Yeah, people say he's like he, the, the, that. He's like literally sitting down to get through these shows, these Genesis shows. Plus, he has a Super Bowl under his belt. Yeah, he did do the Super Bowl as part of another, not not by himself with other people. No, he did it well. It was him. 2000, the year 2000. Yeah. Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, Tony Braxton, and Edward James Olmos. And can anybody figure out, please, seriously, what role, what happened in the Olympics, I mean, Olympics, in the Super Bowl with um, the year that had Indiana Jones in it, 1995. What the heck was he doing on stage? Was he whipping footballs? Um, I really want to know more about that. What about 97's Super Bowl? Have you guys talked that about was that? The, that was the, the Blues Brothers. Re- yeah. Re- yeah. James Brown. Blues Brothers bash. Which I actually yeah. remembered watching. That was the first one I remembered watching. And then I would just, and then they look out, everyone left. <laughs> Blues Brothers. I was really into them at that time. Oh, I'm glad you were also 11. Have I ever. I 13. Have I ever told you guys my Dan Aykroyd story? How old, how old were you? Hold on. Save your dinner. How okay. old were you with Super Bowl uh, 31, Pat? 1997? Yeah. I was 13. You were 13, so I was two years off. Yeah. I might I have said, been 12. Well, I'm one year off. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I did an even closer job of, of guessing it. Of course, Wait, a kid no, no. Like I, I was thirteen. I was thirteen. Okay. Of course, a kid would like that. It's a, it's a Blues Brothers. They're dancing around. It's for children. Yeah. And and people that ironically hate the blues, or hate the blues as performed by people <laughs> of color, for example, might be very pro Blues Brothers. John Goodman. Jim Belushi. Finally, Jim Belushi gets in a Super Bowl halftime show. Um, here's my idea for a Super Bowl halftime show. You come out. You're not sure what's going on. A curtain rises, reveals that the stage, and get wrap your heads around this, this is probably the best idea I've ever had in my life. Thing rises, pulls off. You realize what? What is the stage? Oh, it's a basketball court. You play a basketball game. This is exactly what I was going <laughs> to pitch. You straight up play an NBA game for twenty minutes. That would be an All Star game. Oh my gosh! Is that what you were going to say? I was about to say this. I'm not even kidding. I I I was mad that that you started talking because I was, oh, I was okay. going to throw to me first. <laughs> I was going to pitch the same uh-huh. thing, uh-huh. the exact oh. same thing. Well, Pat, great minds think alike. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah, but if it was just like, what if they're just like 
yeah, it's a football. We're all here for football, but we all know football kind of sucks. NBA is better. Let's watch 20 minutes of a basketball game, all-star game, and all the all-stars are there. I was I was going to say because I my my biggest gripe is that I can't watch NFL because of the constant stops, replays and, mm-hmm. and it's like watching a game that that never starts. Yeah. And I hate it. Uh I'm not a big sports fan in general, but I would much rather watch a basketball well, game. Pat, Pat, I was, I was literally gonna... Now look at this. I just want to read a set list from January 31st, 1999. This was the Super Bowl set list. Because this show featured a cavalcade of, of legitimate stars. And how did it start? Well, that's right. With You have Stevie Wonder on the bill. You have Gloria Estefan on the bill. But who should, by all rights, kick that Super Bowl off? Oh, by, of course. <laughs> Let's go to Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. <laughs> we'll get the festivities underway with Go Daddy-O. You know, Stevie Stevie Wonder, yeah, you don't you don't kick it off. You want to do Sir Duke? Wait. Big bad voodoo daddy's gotta get their licks in first. What's wrong? Uh, squirrel nut zippers were busy that weekend. I'm surprised they didn't have Vince Vaughn and, and uh and John Favreau recreate their role in the thing. Your money and you don't even know it. And a big bad voodoo daddy come out. Any more calls, Pat? We got one, but can I say one last thing? Of course you can. Okay. I also, I, I almost added that, uh, you know, All Star is great, but I was thinking also the the Harlem Globetrotters. So you're going to say a Harlem Globetrotters game? Well, I, w- I wasn't sure where I was going to. I was going to say a basketball game in general would have been more mm-hmm. entertaining if they just dropped the court in. But then I was thinking, go uh, <laughs> one one notch more. Everyone's excited about that, but then they find out it's the Harlem Globetrotters. But, well, what if it was the Harlem Globetrotters, yeah. the best har- five Harlem Globetrotters against five NBA stars? and Just get annihilated. Even better than that, though, the, the court is lowered down from the sky yes. onto the football field during the football game and crushes all the players. Oh no. But you but they're not crushed. They're okay. It's an optical illusion. They're all fine and ready for the second half of football. But now the now the crowd at the Super Bowl is wondering the whole time, did we just watch two football teams get crushed to death? And they're just playing a carefree game of basketball on top of their bodies, their dead bodies? But I think to finally it would finally it would answer the question who's better NBA players or the Harlem Globetrotters? Oh wait, I can answer that question right now. <laughs> um, but maybe then you get the NBA players going. They have a bucket full of confetti. They've got the basketball yo-yo thing right. going and all that. Their sleeves, yeah. But what I was going to say was about Eminem. Uh. I was the thing I'm I'm left with is that that's his only timeless song. That's the only song he could have done. Other than that, he would have been rapping about murdering his wife. No, but like 
he's 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 every, basically every other song is about either is a weird novelty song novelty song he he's he's the weird al of rap everything everything is, is, he's, is, he's, is a parody of the culture al. of the it's an insult to weird al yeah but he but, gotta, i mean no disrespect to 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 al but but eminem is basically just out there every record the big hit song is just a parody of the culture of the time. He can't do any of those songs live. It's just like, yeah. like none of it, none of it makes sense. So like without me, no, the real Slim Shady, the real Slim Stan. Shady. I th- I Come think that Stan maybe, but like he's not a one hit wonder. Well, no, he's not, I'm not he's a one, one hit wonder. wonder. I'm saying that that his multiple. First of all, hits. this is the weirdest day of my life. Mike coming on, yeah. <laughs> Mike coming on, calling Pat. My coming, my coming on defending hip hop. <laughs> this is, is really weird. I didn't think that moment was going to happen, but it did. Pat's Pat's saying, "Look, I get what you're saying, Pat. Though that Weird Al, the 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 novelty component to a lot of his music, a lot of it's tied to the videos too, though. Like videos, and it's just, but it's just like you know, like references to to uh moby and and fred durst don't don't hold up 20 years later you know so like what mm-hmm. he's not gonna do that song it's like and that's like half his catalog or just songs about the moment and pop culture in the moment so it's like i, I also don't get how um the other thing i don't get is how he didn't con- he, he acted in that movie and he was he's good in that movie then he didn't act anymore he, he didn't keep going the way why didn't he just keep doing movies? And I also don't get that beard of his. It's like one of those woolly willy games, things you buy at a Cracker Barrel. Where you get the little magnetic shavings that you put all over the person's face. It's like a G, it's like an old fashioned GI Joe doll beard, like where it's like like you can actually feel the the fuzz. Man, you guys weren't kidding about this Foo Fighters horror movie, were you? No, Pat, there is a Foo Fighters horror movie coming. Joke. No, we don't joke around here, Pat. No, I, I forgot. Well, All right, let's take that last call. We lost the last well, I'm, call, I'm but, line, actually. but this caller is still on the line, so this will be the last call. Oh, my goodness. You're still on the line. Now, who is this now? Oh, hi, Tom. My name is Peter. I'm from Providence. Peter from Providence. What's up, Peter? I don't know. How you doing tonight? I'm good. You got something for the topic? Yes. Yeah, I got a quick one real quick. Um, I think uh, the Super Bowl halftime show should be uh, everything goes completely dark, and then um, the set from in and of itself appears, and Derek Delgadio comes out and does the ending bit from in and of yourself for everyone in the entire stadium. You, Peter, 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 this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. And he goes to 75,000 football fans. He's just like, you feel that you're uh, kind of shy. You're a little too, uh, you have a hair trigger temper. And you, is that right? That's the kind of stuff he was saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I, and he I, does it for 75,000 people. Yeah. Peter, you couldn't have ended the best show on a, on a higher note. Well, thanks so much, Tom. Great show. Oh, you're you're a great caller. You call anytime you want, Peter. You call anytime you want. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Have a good night. You too. And I say this to you, the best show listener. 
Patreon.com slash the best show. Hey, Tom, can I plug something? Yeah, of course. Let me just finish up my thing here. Patreon.com slash the best show. That's where you, um, where you, uh, can support the show and get the bonus content. And we have a new Ask Tom went up. There's a new So Far went up last week. A lot of stuff, more stuff going up soon. And, yeah, what do you got? What do you got, Jason? So if you happen to drive with the app Waze. Uh, oh, somebody called about this already. Oh, they did? Yeah. Okay, I wasn't here for that. A- apparently, and I said this, and I don't want mm-hmm. you to take this the wrong way. No, 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 go for it. These these jobs, mm-hmm. I'm glad you get them. <laughs> I'm glad you get them, but I would like if I got write a first refusal on taking them from you okay like it's like hey i I, they gave me the job and then you bring that to me right and say i got offered this job i'm doing a voice on ways do you want the job instead of me (laughs) and then i would say let me think about that yeah yeah then be like nah, you take that one and then you'd say, thank you so much. Thank I appreciate so much. it. I can't, I can't thank you enough <laughs> for letting me keep the job I, right. I earned. Um, thanks for not taking it from me on Very a whim. Kind. Very kind. Yeah. So what is this now? Just to give some clarity. So uh, there are a bunch of different voices in the app ways. And uh, this month I am Cupid. Okay. So you can select Cupid as your voice for ways and it'll be me as like a very sarcastic, uh, down-on-his-luck Cupid, uh, giving you your directions. Are you giving directions to just to what, like hot sheet motels and liquor yes. stores? Yes, that's literally all it is. No, it's anywhere you go. It's anywhere you go, and there's a line. Okay. You know, it'll say, like, hazard ahead. Reminds me of my ex-wife. I miss okay. her. It's like stuff like that. Oh, well, that's um, funny. But it was supposed to be done on Valentine after Valentine's Day, uh, but they've extended it to the end of the month, so you can still drive with me. And so people can just select Cupid. Select Cupid. That's amazing. Yeah. How, how long did it take to record that? Uh, about three hours. And is it you just going left? Yeah. Right. In point one miles and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all of the jokes and stuff that they yeah. wrote. I give a shy. I don't know. The so. problem with my, my problem, and not to not to take your moment of glory and make no, it no, about no. myself, but I'm no, about please. to. I uh I just don't have the 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 god-given skills you have is what it comes down to. Well, that's not I I've got a voice that sounds like it sounds like a uh, it sounds like a hot water pipe banging in the night. Uh it's just it's screeching and yeah. where you're just like what is going on with the heat in this house? Like is that a ghost or is this just the worst <laughs> heating system that's what my voice is yeah Yeah. the 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 creator came down and touched your throat and said that he shall have a golden uh voice yeah and you're doing everything you can with it and you should be you're you're the voice of cupid you're in that cartoon what's it called again which cartoon oh uh, spine of night Spine of Night, yep. which is not available, dun- not, not, not Dungeon, Dungeon Dudes. Dudes. That's the net. That's the sequel. <laughs> that's the sequel. 
yeah, I don't have that. You do. And I'm happy you're doing these things in ways that sounds very cool. Yeah. It's pretty. A lot of people have been listening to Best Show with that on while driving and said it was weird mm-hmm. to hear me in both places. I love it. So it's pretty cool. Cool. Anybody else have anything to plug? Wordle? Anybody want to plug Wordle? <laughs> I got Wordle right in three. Seems to be fading. I I I don't see as many uh, things in my Twitter feed. Well, I think the came and went just I'm, like the I'm fidget still, spinners. And I'm still playing. You're still playing. I'm I, still playing Wordle. We're we're bringing it back. We're bringing Wordle back. I wanted to say right? quick, quick R.I.P. to King Louis, great songwriter yes. and performer, wrote a bunch yeah. of awesome songs that I love. King Louis, a uh, uh, Goner Records mainstay, and uh, somebody who uh, he was in Bad Times. Uh, yeah, just a really amazing guy. Uh, passed away in the last few days. So, thank you for for reminding me of that. And yes, rest in peace. And let's wrap it up. Best show. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks to everybody who called. Thanks to Kurt Vile, and we'll be back next week. Bye-bye.